You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you. This time, we're going to talk about another concept in science fiction, and that is time travel. But before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. So starting off, he's my nemesis, the man you love to hate, and that is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, doing fantastic. I, uh, I'm i not used to being the first one introduced, so I feel kind of special today, you know? <laughs> It's well, like, you know, my birthday is coming up. Nathan. Your order oh. may change, you know, uh, but but the hate remains, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Hate and love, aren't they kind of just the same thing? Yeah, I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kind of the opposite thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it still means that I'm living like rent free up there. So you know, I'll take it. Right. So so what's new and exciting for you, Ryan? Uh the, the nothing much. Apparently there's a new king today. And that's like oh, yeah. I can't turn on the TV. Oh my god. So my mom is visiting and I couldn't believe like she's just like, oh, the coronation. Like, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know the coronation was happening. You know, like I don't care. <laughs> exactly. But like she's like so like obsessed with it. And I'm like, it's so relevant for our lives here in America right now. And it's just <laughs> you like know. you know. Well, I mean Apparently, you know, they're looking forward to Lionel Richie playing later, I guess. I right. that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Right. Okay. I mean, I guess there hasn't been a coronation, you know, for, you know, however many years, years, you know, yeah. like I think it was the 50s when Elizabeth like became queen. But yeah. it's like, you know, I, I it's, it might matter to you if you're British, but like. Yeah, I mean, is that going to make there less traffic on the road for me today? No. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that, that's about, yeah, that's that's all that's going on here. That and uh, probably gonna go see uh, Guardians three. Oh yeah, um, I'm seeing it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, very cool, very cool. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Ryan. Good to be back. So, uh, next up is uh, someone who you know absolutely loves time travel and is always here to talk about Loki and other stuff, and that is Allie. How are you doing, Allie? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, what's new and exciting for you? Uh, not too much that's new and exciting. A lot of the, like the same old, same old, and just like trucking through and getting stuff uh, that maybe was not quite up to date. Up to date. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been uh, slowly working on uh, updating bits and pieces of my website as a very, very slow process. Um, but and and then like doing a lot of other like back end stuff that no one else is going to notice about except for me. <laughs> mm. Do you still do like a podcast where you take like writing prompts from people? And... I don't, unfortunately. Oh. Um, my partner for that wasn't able to continue, so we had to kind oh. of cut it short. Uh, but it was super fun. I loved doing it. Uh, and 
had, you know, just taking a prompt every week and then turning it into a story within an hour. And we successfully did it uh, every episode. That was, I felt like really impressive. Uh, but I took all of that experience and I'm now writing a course for how writers can do that, how they can take a prompt or their own story idea and very quickly develop it into a full thing rather than just like the inkling of of your initial thoughts. Mm. Well, very cool. That's that's yeah. I I thought the idea for your podcast was really cool, and so that's good that you're able to use that and and you know keep it going. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun. We really like doing it, but time you know <laughs> right no well well that's the subject of the podcast today I understand. I, unfortunately i have not invented time travel uh so while i feel like i'm well versed in the possibility of it i cannot do it myself right well it's okay as as one of the shows we may talk about today used to say at the end of every episode it's all in books <laughs> all right it's good to have you back on the show Allie. Thanks. All right, so next up, we are joined by someone's time-traveling doppelganger. Uh, she is, she was the host of The Extract. She is one of the hosts of 50 Days of Dragagon, and that is Lee. How are you doing, Lee? I just wanted to say Ryan is now my nemesis as well. I was having absolutely no computer problems until he said that. So there we go. So thanks, Ryan. A lot of help. <laughs> you have to pass the curse on to someone else. That's how it works. No, well, you know? Yeah. So, I just yeah. find it interesting that your frozen form from your other, like your other time you came on, is still on the call with you. That's why you're the time traveling doppelganger. Yay! I did it. Um, yeah, I've been working on that, man. Uh, shh, don't tell anybody. That's why okay. I can be like a lot of places at one time. Um, there's nothing really going on with me right now. Uh, Fifty Days of Dragon Con will be starting up hopefully 50 days in front of Dragon Con <laughs> instead of kind of around that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to get some new things. We're going to talk to some podcasters uh, and some other things like that. So fans will know a little bit more about like the backside of fandom. But hi, glad to be here. All right. It's always good to have you on, Lee. All right. And finally, we have someone new joining the 42 cast. Uh, she is someone that I met at Chicago TARDIS. Uh, she goes by the gamer tag of Craven. How are you doing, Craven? I'm doing good. How about how about you? I guess that's just a normal answer. <laughs> I am doing okay. Thanks for asking. So <laughs> yeah, since it's your first time on the 42 cast, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm a competitive fighting game player. My main game is Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I have competed online and offline, but I love science fiction. I grew up watching it. Certain uh, favorites, of course, Doctor Who, if I was at Chicago TARDIS, um, Donnie Darko, and, uh, you know, just grew up watching science fiction and fantasy my whole life. Yeah. yeah, I mean, although it is funny that we met really, even though it was a Doctor Who convention, it was on a Marvel panel at a Doctor Who convention was the first time we met. True. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you'll kind of answer because I always ask people, like, what is your, like, primary fandom? But you kind of already said, right, with the Mortal Kombat 11 is kind of like your primary, like, yeah, I've been, I've been obsessed with Mortal Kombat, like, ever since when I watched the, like, 95 movie. So, mm -hmm. like, I became, like, super obsessed. I wanted to go to, like, Shang Tsung's Island so bad. Oh, so compete. was the movie, like, did you watch the movie before you ever played any of the games? Well, I played the games in the arcade, but I was born in 89, so like i was very little so my first like lore experience was the movie 
Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I always think of like people watching the movie because they liked the games. And so that's kind of neat that like, you know, you're more like in the, like started with the movie. I mean, even if you played it a little bit and you know, the arcades. So like, yeah, very cool. It's, it's good to have you on the show, Craven. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, normally we would have our five minute controversy right now, but because there are four guests on the podcast, uh, my policy has become I'm not doing a five minute controversy when we have so many people because then it just takes way too long. So uh, we are going to jump right into the topic after we pause for a promo from another fine podcast. People keep asking, are we back? Yeah, I guess we're back. Back to talk about cigars, movies, TV shows, and any other nerdy topics here on the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com and ESONetwork.com. And we have a YouTube channel, at Cigar Nerd Podcast, where we do cigar reviews, live versions of the show, and any other dumb thing we think to record. Like we talked about at the top of the show, we are talking about time travel. Um, so it's kind of in the same vein of when we talked about the multiverse. You know, this is basically a general concept in science fiction. You know, it's lots of shows dabble in time travel, even if they are not a show about time travel as the central theme. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to go with time travel. Uh, and so I'm just a little bit curious before we start talking about specific examples of shows or games or books or whatever, you know, sort of media you have that you're, you know, that you want to talk about with time travel, like what, what's sort of your interest in time travel? And then after we go around with that, we're going to talk about, um, what kind of time travel, because there's very different kinds of time, like, like what. Um, you know, what's, you know, do you like, you know, in time travel and what don't you like, uh, you know, you can sort of go that way as well. Um, so let's start with you on this one, Lee. So what is your sort of like interest and background? Uh, you know, like, like, was there any particular thing that hooked you on time travel or, or what do you like about the concepts? Um, first of all, I love the idea and I do love the paradox idea that we might be talking about, you know, that my, you know, my brother becomes my grandfather or whatever. Um, I always think that's very interesting. Um, but I think I really got it. I'm always been a big history buff. Um, mm. I got a minor in history mostly because mm. I figured out I had 15 hours already coming up on my junior year. So I just added one more class and I got hooked on it probably on the show Voyagers, which I think mm. we're going to talk about a little bit. So that's kind of it's where all I got in books. It. It's all in books. Um, but yeah. And so I liked that. And then I've just kind of continued that. I've continued reading it. I've continued watching it. It's always something that makes me go, that's interesting how they're doing that. When yeah. it's good, it's really good. And when it's bad, it's horrid. So <laughs> I think that's kind of where I started. Okay, very cool. Uh, what about you, Craven? So um, for me, 
like I said, I grew up on science fiction. So I kind of just grew up exploring it and just um, I grew up watching Stargate SG-1 was something very much watched in my house and enjoyed so much. Um, and then uh, in high school, I got really into Doctor Who. David Tennant is my favorite doctor. I just loved, I loved the exploration of either the past or the future. Um, Mortal Kombat, I think watching this documentary earlier today about the developers kind of like did it well too, even though they also do it as a very good plot escape, which I'm not the biggest fan of. of um, so I guess that's kind of like you can do it really, really well in a franchise, but also still do it really, really bad also. Um, and I also just, I just like love the psychology. I have a bachelor's degree in psych. So I just like that whole exploration of, you know, the human psyche. And I love discussing paradoxes. So that's another great thing with time travel, as was mentioned. All right. And Ryan? Well, yeah, I, I, for the most part, I don't think you can have science fiction without time travel. If any franchise or any properties out there long enough and has new stories, eventually, I can think of one major exception, but eventually they're going to do a time travel story. So it, it kind of, um, it's definitely just kind of a, a subgenre of, of science fiction in general. But I love it because it just adds that other dimension to it because you can do time travel and you're in the Victorian era or dinosaurs or the far future or whatever. It just, it kind of um, just opens that whole new dimension, that whole new direction you can go. The fourth dimension. Uh, with any story. The <laughs> if you will, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's, it's just it's, it's, i think i think when it's done right it's just a clever writing device which can tell a great story mm -hmm. and when it's done badly it's just you know a cheap cop out mm, okay do you have like any particular thing that you remember as being like ah like this is like the first time i encountered time travel or like this is like uh you know i, I um <laughs> I, I was thinking about this as the question came up and uh two movies particularly come to mind like I'd, i'm sure i'd seen time travel stories prior mm -hmm. but the two that really piqued my interest were and one of these is way more embarrassing than the other um the the first one was the, the philadelphia experiment mm. um which you know i was a great one um and you know uh, uh martin sheen and that's where i also discovered the concept of you know the grandfather paradox uh, mm -hmm. concept and the other one um was uh peggy sue got married so you know those <laughs> those were the two that made me think these are you can do some really great things with time travel i'm here for it okay very cool yeah no uh, so uh ali what about you i know i know you have maybe have notes on this <laughs> i do um so i like ryan i do like the uh opportunities for story that time travel give but i think one of the things that i really like about time travel is like being a super nerd about it <laughs> and and being able to like nitpick in on the inconsistencies and continuity and how do all of these things work together and how does the time travel exactly work and then figuring out what paradox they are either writing around or actually confronting and like there's a lot of just like really specific detail oriented nerdiness that comes with time travel that is honestly that is the thing that I love about time travel, which is why I love both good and absolutely terrible time travel, because I'm going to get something out of it, even if I'm nitpicking it apart in game. All right. 
Can I add something back to that too? Because I love the thing when you talked about nitpicking it. I think that's the thing too, especially when they do historical time travel. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I'll do and I'll look at and I'll go, because I do want it to have continuity within a show, which often it doesn't in a show, but I really also like there are certain shows that I just was like, I have to suspend too much disbelief. And that makes mm-hmm. it, that makes it, kind of irritating to me because then I'm like pausing it and yelling that's not how that happened and things like that so I I, I like that part too so thanks Allie bringing that up yeah and maybe if you're a show and you show how time travel works on your show one season and then two seasons later you show time travel (laughs) and it works a completely different way from the same mechanism you know maybe that's not a good call maybe you know a particular show that did that just French. ignored that first example and followed the second example the rest of the series <laughs> through so i'm just saying that's fine <laughs> you made a different decision but you stuck with it good job <laughs> oh man anyway uh so so ali though do you have any like kind of thing that you remember as being like the thing that like hooked you on time travel i i mean I am a child of the 80s. I'm pretty sure that the first time travel thing I saw was Back to the Future. Mm. Um, and and so I, I wouldn't know, I don't know necessarily be like, that's the thing that hooked me. But I mean, that's probably the very first time travel movie I saw. Um, and it's certainly a like nostalgic reference point for myself. Um, so probably that. <laughs> okay, sure. No, 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 that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I'm interested in time travel for a lot of the same reasons that I'm interested in the multiverse, just in the sense of the idea of, like, changing things and, like, what are the repercussions of the change and, like, how can things that seem minor actually become, you know, much more major just because of the domino effect of things mm-hmm. that, you know, happen from that. I think that's probably what was initially interesting, fascinating, whatever to me uh about time travel you know i have no idea you know going back as far as like what was the first thing i saw it probably was the transformers episode i don't even remember what the title is but where they go back in time and have the origin of optimus prime um where he became yeah too also i probably also saw that (laughs) (laughs) i love the fact that you watch transformers as a kid um but uh but yeah, we from, went from Orion Pax to Optimus Prime. Um, but uh, and of course, Star Trek. I was watching the original Star Trek because it was on in syndication constantly, and there's several time travel episodes there. But the thing that probably really cemented my love of time travel was watching Doctor Who as a kid. Um, I know that uh, when they went back and started showing like the '60s stories in my um, in my uh, PBS local PBS, because uh, a lot of those dealt more with historical you know, kind of things and less about like, you know, alien invasions and stuff as the series later became, uh, I would like actually go to the encyclopedia and look up like all the characters and the things, you know, like from the, you know, from the story and read about, which also got me into my love of history. Um, And um, Voyagers was the other thing around the same time uh, that, you know, yeah, as a kid, I was all about Voyagers. Absolutely loved that show. very sad that it only got the one season um but uh but yeah yeah no so that's that's uh that's really interesting we we come at it from different places which you know i like all right so now let's go to 
you know, what do you like conceptually, like with time travel? Like, what is the kind of time travel that really like gets you? And are there kinds that you're just like, I, I don't, I don't like it when they do this. Um, so let's start with you on this one, Ryan. Well, um, first, I actually have to make a correction. Okay. Uh, uh, the Philadelphia Experiment is not the movie I was thinking of when um in my head mm-hmm. i was thinking of final countdown philadelphia experiments also i confuse those two all the time myself too yeah. no in <laughs> fact i i got the philadelphia experiment and watched it with beth because she'd never seen either one and i was like this isn't the movie i thought it was and then i had to like do some research and like, oh the movie i'm thinking of is the final countdown so then yeah. i got that and we watched it <laughs> and yeah and i made that mistake before yeah mm-hmm. it, it, i was wondering so. i was like i think he's thinking of the final countdown but yeah <laughs> So I just had to put that out there. Sure. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you can edit that or not, however you like. <laughs> no, nah, I'll leave but, in um, you being wrong. Uh, hey, but you know what? Say what you will. I'll admit it. So that when I don't admit it, that's when you know I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, sure. But it's like, <laughs> so like to, to your to to your question. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do feel like time travel. I'm. Is I feel like they're basically whenever you're dealing with uh, something that we've never actually done, something we don't really understand, we we kind of make we're making it up, right? And it just seems like most time travel stories fall into you, you've either got this singular timeline where whatever you do affects just the one timeline and it loops back in on itself again and again, or you've got the alternate reality uh, one. You do you do so you go back in time and you create an alternate reality, and um, it just seems like. Uh, I, for me personally, I like the first, the, the former. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's tighter when it's done right. It tells a better story because you, you th- I think that's the nitpickers time travel story because then that's the nitpicker. They're the ones who get to go, oh, you screwed up here. Oh, you messed up there. You know, um, we, we really enjoy those. Um, whereas the the alternate reality one, it's kind of a cop out. You can make mistakes and just go alternate reality, you know, create a parallel timeline, whatever. Um, I mean, I enjoy both. But I, I definitely am more partial to that to the former. There are whole series um, that like only you're... work because it's a parallel universe yeah. kind of time travel. Yeah, but... well, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't have its moment, or that even it can't be good. Mm. You know, in its own way, it's, it's just a mechanism. I just feel like it's a a looser set of rules um, mm. to play with. You know, it, it can get messier, um, and I, I find that. Um, and it, as kind of mentioned before, like there are so many any long going series or or product that uh does time travel and sets their own rules mm. they have to stick by it and they they'll, they'll almost always mess up i can only think of like one or two properties that have gone on for years um that haven't messed up uh messed up their own continuity in some way or messed up or broken their own rules or so forth of course then again you can go the doctor who route where timey you know timey wimey you know and just like eh, whatever not even care i hate new doctor who. don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> that's a new doctor who thing that wasn't an old doctor who thing that's just the writers being like we're lazy and we'll just write it into the series that we're lazy yeah i hate that i, <laughs> I yeah but i think well, i think part of that is also kind of indicative of the fact that time stream has gone more mainstream mm-hmm. um it used to be yeah. time stri- time travel was kind of definitely like the nerds uh you know the, the nerd of nerds Mm. Uh, storytelling mechanism you know um you, you only if you watch star trek or terminator or whatever the original terminator 
you really understood time travel or followed it. It was, but now you've got like Outlander, and you, it's just it's mainstream. I'm sorry, it's you brought up the Terminator, and I just had to understand. Thank, thankfully, you corrected to the original Terminator because yes. <laughs> the Terminator franchise has become the most messed up when it comes to time it, travel. In so many ways, although I would defend part parts of it, I would defend other parts of it. It's like, well, I don't even know why they were <laughs> pretending. <laughs> but yeah yeah time travel is just mainstream and you've got like outlander and i think outlander is a perfect example of how you know mm-hmm. it's just it's no more different i mean you can pick it apart for its anachronisms and so forth uh but it's just it's as mainstream as any other genre now okay i like that you brought up outlander yeah <laughs> i just it's think profitable. of like fabio with his shirt ripped and the woman like creeping <laughs> up and that's Hey, have you have you watched it? I mean, oh, no, I have not worst. watched it. I have no interest. It's <laughs> Harlequin Romance with Time Travel, the series. Like, no, exactly I don't. what it is. <laughs> I know. I just... The fact but that you watch credit, Outlander it... just um. Mm... Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm surprised Beth doesn't like for the costuming. I'm surprised. Beth watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Beth would probably scream about that. Like she hates like every like anything historical because it's like there's always like the costumes are wrong. Like they're using modern fabrics. They're using like plastic buttons. They're using like this or that. Like she like gets like really bent out of shape. It's better to watch stuff that's futuristic with her because like she gets she'll like scream at the television. I'm just like I just want to watch the show, and she just gets mad. She's <laughs> like, if they have a budget to like do all this other stuff they could have a budget to like do accurate costuming and she just gets like really mad about it so like yeah <laughs> takes the enjoyment out of it right. <laughs> we were watching freaking I mean, warehouse right. 13 that just like did a few victorian quote-unquote flashbacks and she's screaming about how awful the victorian costuming is and i'm like hon it's not it's not a show that's about like historical like accuracy and she's like but they're in a historical time period so the costume should be accurate and so anyway it's yeah Anyway, it's not about them speaking in modern English. It's about, you know, them having, you know. Did you guys hear that? She opened the door slightly and said, don't break my immersion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's that's where uh, Craven. So is there a form of time travel that you particularly like or anything that you don't like when you see time travel stories? Um, So I think I really like um how it's done when it's someone meeting like a past or future self and it's um they do it in a very like well written like where you can see the like character development that had grown between the two or even if the character really is just a dick and there is very little you know you can still see that Mm -hmm. um which i love I I just realized like within the last like hour before this of watching it, I really love that. Um, and I also love like Doctor Who, like I will always cry at the Van Gogh episode. I understand it's not a tenant episode, but it makes me cry like just the thought of I know that didn't happen, but it like makes me feel better because he struggled with similar mental health issues I did. I do, I did, I do. So like just that is very touching to me like very like weird closure but not closure that's like he knew that like his art was loved at some point in the future I know it didn't happen but that's science fiction you know like I gotta have that weird kind of like meaningful connection to that in a way and that I really really liked and I also do like like the Pompeii episode 
mm-hmm. you know, where there's just small changes where it may not like affect history, history's timeline, but more of like the small like changes. Cause like even in the Van Gogh episode, he still ended up committing suicide. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um I, I just I think that's like very well done. I'm not as picky with the historical stuff though, as I sound like some of you guys are. Um, and that's cool. Totally, totally get that. One story in particular that I really wanted to like, and I actually read it when I was taking sci-fi literature at College of DuPage, um, was The Time Machine. I don't know. I, I liked it, but I felt that it was very, I get what it was. I get the criticisms and what it was doing, but I feel like it, it was a very like surface level story. I wish it like delved deeper or something like that. So like, I guess that's like the biggest disappointing time travel story. Like, to me, growing up with Stargate, like, Doctor Who, I love Donnie Darko. That's that's just a great exploration. If But you have to watch the director's cut to understand all the time travel stuff in it, or else no one has any clue what's going on, I've learned. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess, like I said, I, I come from a very psych, um, I do want to be a therapist, so I just love that whole, like, aspect of things. No, I find that fascinating. Like that's that's awesome because of the direction you're coming at it from. Because yeah, you get those sort of things if you see the characters like in multiple times or like like uh, you know if you've seen Back to the Future also like there's like young Biff and old Biff and their interactions and like you say like he's still he's still a douche like in any time you know in either time period. But it's like kind of like uh, here's a guy that didn't change. But then you also get interactions you know and other you know things with like characters who have changed a lot confronting their previous self or whatever. And, and you know how that interaction goes and so that's you know that's very cool yeah to see that yeah I like oh, that actually one other thing I just thought of that was disappointing and like this is before you know the the controversy with the author was I I understand why we needed it but we kind of just shoved time travel into Harry Potter in that third book <laughs> for I feel like plot devices so mm-hmm. I wasn't too happy with the use of time travel in that okay okay yeah no yeah. I get that Okay, Allie, what about you? Um, so I obviously have a lot of pin- opinions about time travel. Right. <laughs> um, so broad, I was on... broad overview, like yeah, not... yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I was on a uh, time travel panel with uh, Dr. Kevin Grazier and Dr. Aaron McDonald at DragonCon in 2019, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd come up with there. There's basically kind of like three theories of time travel that get used in storytelling so there's and and this is my names for them uh but the one sacred timeline which ryan talked about where you've got the one timeline that everybody's changing not one sacred timeline the way they use it in the mcu but (laughs) but but like the idea that there is one timeline and you can change events and then affect your past so it's back to the future and then there's branching timelines where what every time you change an event you create a new timeline and uh terminator works off of that the mcu actually does work off of that and lots of other things too uh and then there's multiple universes where you instead of actually time traveling what you're doing is tuning into a parallel reality that runs that just happens to also be 18th century france and so it's not necessarily time travel in the way that you're moving along a timeline but you are visiting a world that is not your current time period 
And so we were talking about, about time travel from those three different perspectives. And the one that I prefer is the branching timelines, because every single time you change something, you are affecting um, the forward progression of the story without affecting the character's past. And the reason why I prefer this is because a lot of those one sacred timeline stories turn into, oh no, I have broken the past and now I must fix it. And th those stories are fine. Like I under, I get it. Like that's a really great storytelling device, but I personally like the idea that sometimes we have to live with our consequences. <laughs> and, and speaking as a person who loves Stargate, um, and they, whenever they jump into a parallel reality, whenever they jump into a, a different timeline, they always have to go back and fix it. And sometimes I just want to say, you know what? Maybe this time you're not the most important person here. <laughs> Maybe it's okay that you save the other reality and don't go back to your home <laughs> because you going home will prevent those people from surviving. <laughs> So I like something that that forces characters who don't normally have to live with their consequences to live with their consequences, which is why I like the branching timelines. But I like I said, I see a lot of like I love time travel, so it's hard for me to say a hard no on anything. Um, I will say, though, time loops, love time loops, very much prefer the ones that are just like a repeating uh open loop rather than a closed loop as in the example of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is the movie version of it is really terrible and it creates the bootstrap par bootstrap paradox and it's fine. Great. Good job. But yeah, I like, I like time loops. Give me window of opportunity from Stargate. <laughs> I love how people keep invoking the Terminator franchise for different kinds of time travel. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is the problem. All right. So Lee, <laughs> It mostly works by branching timelines. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, um, what what, uh, what about you? What do you think about, you know, like uh, different kinds of time trial? You know, like what what do you like about it? And are there, is there any ways that you don't like it? Well, I, I think it depends. First of all, kind of I think probably all of us have said it's either it's so bad, it's good, or it's really, really good because um, there are movies and shows like that and things like that like both i like the time loop part i like an alternate reality the issue is you that i mean there are a couple of them and i guess i'm a kid of the 70s now but voyager was one of them that i that kind of idea of going back and seeing what happened and what didn't happen um and but i also like it when it's the alternate reality man in the high castle mm -hmm great alternate reality story that I just found compelling through the whole thing. Um, and those are things like that. You know, the other issue is because you can have both, I think sometimes you can have both time loops and alternate realities kind of together. And one of them I think of with that is Quantum Leap. Um, because a lot of times they're changing one person. And that changes a lot of other things. So that always has made me wonder, well, what else, you know, it's that kind of branching out that we all do, you know, the Einstein-Rosenberg paradox is that every decision 
makes a new universe. And that's kind of difficult to think that every one of us doing that is going to make this ridiculous um, alternate reality, but who knows? Um, but I also liked it when they would do the time loops, which to me were the episodes um, when they did the JFK assassination, that him being there, following this, doing what he had to do for history keeps it going. And that that's the that by this time travel, it helped keep history as it should be, right? And that's hard to do. I mean, Doctor Who did it with Rosa Parks, and this is the new Who. Um, and one of the things that was painful about that is that not one person, the Doctor nor the companions, wanted to do it, but it had to be done. So those are the kind of things I like. I also like it when it is that kind of question of, do we change this or do we leave it forward? Um, Craven brought up uh, the uh, Van Gogh episode. I sobbed like a baby watching it as well. Um, and one of the things that got me at the end was even at the end, he, he stopped. He still uh, committed suicide, which, and he still had his mental health issues and none of it got fixed. And that's kind of, and how it had to be for that one. And and that's really difficult. Um, and I like that one that makes you think and it makes you wonder, much like your wife, uh, who I will tell her right now, Warehouse 13 had a very, very small budget. So she <laughs> needs to understand that's why some of that, yeah, their costuming sometimes was not where it should be. Um, Seriously. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I like and that they make you think and you're going, oh, what would I have done in that situation or where would I have gone? You know, and I like them both from history and I like them both from in the future. As long again, as you follow whatever rules you've set, you mm -hmm. change the rules in the middle. That's not so bad. It's good. That's uh, to me. So, those are it. I like both, though. I will read. Yeah, I will read an alternate, and I will read a time loop, and I will watch both. It's just, mm -hmm. and again, I love bad movies. So a bad time travel story, is, as it's been put up on, a, you know, a straight to sci-fi original or whatever, when it's bad, it can be awesome. Because ask me if you see me at Dragon Con, ask me about Sharknado. Um, so that's kind of, you know, those are the kind of things for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like some movies that actually got released to the theater, are <laughs> like I would think maybe even like Time Bandits is a movie that like is like really bad, <laughs> but I enjoy watching it. <laughs> I have often wondered if Time Bandits would work better if someone were really, really, really stoned. And I just have to think, I just have to think that might help um, because I kind of love the movie and I'm kind of like, ah. it's also like watching Brazil, which is another movie. If you haven't seen it, probably it has nothing to do with time travel, but it's again, yeah. one of those you're like, I died. I'm too, I am too straight for this movie. I, I am too goody two shoes. I cannot watch it. Okay. <laughs> so, you see, I, th I think that's just it. Someone was stoned during Time Bandits, Terry Gilliam. <laughs> yeah. Terry Gilliam. He was also the same person who was stoned during Brazil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Although I don't think I've ever heard of anyone talking about Quantum Leap as like an alternate. I'm pretty sure that it's fairly like consistent on being like it's one it's one universe, one timeline. And then he's just like going back and forth in that timeline and changing things. Um, yeah, but when you change one thing, you change the rest of that person's life. Right, now, but it within that timeline, yeah. Been, right. Right, it's, it's like the Back to the Future thing. Like Marty yeah. goes back in time, changes things. It would change his own existence out of existence, right. you know, because it's one timeline. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, like. Uh, I kind of see it by that way. I, I do. It's more of a fix-it time travel, yeah. which I think yes. is a lot of those, yeah. I'm, I'm always nervous of those because what it gets to the point of you go, okay, well, and if, especially if you're playing with other things like butterfly effect and things like that as well, it gets to the point where you go, okay, so are you going to accidentally change it so that time travel didn't happen? And then we have an even bigger paradox on our hands. Right. <laughs> like I yeah. still, all right, all right. So I'm not, I'm not getting specifics yet because I haven't talked about my thing, but, but I just want to say <laughs> with regard to quantum leap specifically, the fact that it ends with Sam so completely changing Al's life you know, at the end by making sure that his first marriage succeeds. Like, I'm like, Al would be a complete, like, like by the, you know, 30 years later, Al's a different person. Okay. Like mm -hmm. with, with a stable marriage and everything. Cause the whole thing is they talk about the whole reason he and Sam became friends is like Sam saw like Al one time when he was like, just losing it with rage and, you know, like, and, and because of how broken his life was and like, as you know, Sam was like somebody that came and befriended him and everything. And I'm like, so that event, wouldn't have happened you know so like uh -huh. they never become exactly. friends and and it's like but we just like we don't think about those repercussions it's like you know it's just like oh no al's still with project quantum leap in the future but with a stable marriage and everything else and i'm like really yeah. <laughs> and see those are, that's my concern with the one sacred timeline right. <laughs> i think that's where the next for the interesting writing is because you can have those ethical dilemmas, like, you know, when, when there's- Well, well not when you put it right at the coda of the end of the series, you can't, but yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but it creates more drama, I feel, than right. just, uh, you know. <laughs> right, no, it's done well, through. yes, because you, you, you actually conceive of the implications of all yeah. the mm -hmm. ripples that would happen, then yeah, that could mm -hmm. be a really good story. But, um, but yeah, for me, uh, I think, I think my favorite, just because of the fact that it leads to the least potential for errors, is branching timelines. Uh, just mm -hmm. because then you've saved yourself, right? You don't have to worry about the continuity, and you don't have to worry about how it goes back to the origins of the character. Because everything they change in the universe they're in now doesn't matter. Like, their past mm -hmm. is intact. They, they will change the future of this new reality they find themselves in, and things will be different there. But, like, you know, they... You know, and so for the writing standpoint, it is the easiest one to do yes. and do well. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and and I guess that's like, so Bruce Hulk was correct, you know? No, you can't do this because your past is your past. So, yeah. I actually had to explain your past is your past to a nine-year-old. Let me tell you, that was fun. <laughs> Not. Uh, so, yeah. They explain yeah. time travel very poorly in that film, except for that one bit. They do. They do. They do. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, no, like, no, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there yet. All right. Anyway, so I do think it's possible to do single timeline with changes well. Yeah, I do think it's possible to do predestination paradoxes well. Mm -hmm. Those are much harder to do well. 
because either with like time travel and changing things, you have to pay attention to all the things that are changing and how they would impact everything mm -hmm. else. And, you know, make sure, especially if the person who's traveling is also in fact, because sometimes they'll create some sort of hand wavy thing of like the person who does the changes is insulated, you know, right. but like they, they change everything else. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, that's a little bit easier to pull off. But then if they're doing something like Back to the Future, where his own changes also then should be changing him as well then it gets a lot harder to do it well and while everybody enjoys back to the future i do think that there are some problems with back to the future when you yeah. consider the fact that the time travel is supposed to also affect him as well um even though there's like a delay which again like when you're dealing with time travel why is there a delay <laughs> <laughs> from from a, from a uh creator standpoint i think it all depends upon what kind of story you want to tell if you want to tell one that puts the character in peril versus just fun time travel hijinks like fun time travel hijinks yeah absolutely go with the branching timeline you don't need to worry about damaging your character or anything like that but if you want to get more at like the interpersonal what makes you you yeah once the the one sacred timeline model where you've got one set of events that gets changed and you can have stuff like back to the future go ahead and then also we don't know anything about time travel so like Sure, go ahead and say there's a 30 minute delay until the time cements Legends of Tomorrow. <sighs> and, and but 30 and, minutes you know, from what have... point of reference? See, that's like that's my problem <laughs> with it. Is it's like <laughs> and like you can you can there, have right, fixed right, points right, or not say, or whatever. The, the but... new quantum leap did a story at the end of the episode where in three different time periods they were supposed to do something simultaneously. What the hell simultaneously? You're in three what? different time periods. Oh, okay. So I'm talking about Quantum Leap, the original, not that right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I know that. That would have hurt my heart. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, specifically the new Quantum Leap. And I'm like, there are yeah. three different times. Like, they're like, oh, we have to do this simultaneously with the other time periods. And I'm like, there's no simultaneous. You're all in three different time. So yeah, anyway, was, it was it was bad writing. Quantum entanglement, Nathan. <laughs> but that only affected two of them. So even then, it didn't make sense. So like, and, yeah. and and they don't use the term quantum entanglement right either. But like, that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, but there's a certain there's a certain level of stuff that you get to make up because we don't know, and, mm -hmm. and you could just get to say this is the way it works in that universe. <laughs> and well, you know that's we've mentioned it, but that's fine. Make up your rules however you want. Just mm -hmm. stick to them yeah. and yeah. i think i think this typically this works better for movies because they've mm -hmm. got a beginning and an end yes. so they can write their time travel story and make it work series and sequels are where they messed up back to the future does time travel good back to the future 2 it starts getting weaker and weaker you know and mm -hmm. terminator uh terminator 1 good terminator <laughs> genesis good the rest of them branching <laughs> nonsense i don't know <laughs> Wait, okay. Those are the two Terminators you like. I'm good with that. All right. Now, I, like, I like them all for different reasons, but for time travel purposes, I believe those are the two that are the most uh, consistent uh, to the rules they established. Okay. All right. So, so I'm going to start us off. All right. So we're each going to take like one time travel thing we want to talk about, like one specific series or book or movie or whatever, and then we'll go around. I'm going to start off because this is one of the ones that looms large in my past. Watching the original Terminator blew my mind when I was a little kid. And I'm going to say this is an example. So a lot of people complain, oh, when you do predestination time travel, like it's just boring, right? Like you can't, you can't do that and make it interesting. You know, the writers are so constrained, blah, 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 blah. Well, 
if you do it right, you can do it. And the way Terminator works is you don't find out until the end that that is where you're at. And so it's like, to me, I remember being like, I don't know, eight or nine, watching the original Terminator movie and just being like, when we get to the end where she's like recording, you know, the thing for John and talking about like, you know, you know, Reese being his dad and like, you know, the fact that he's just going to have to live his life going through like all of this, knowing that it has to culminate that way. I was just like, you know, my brain was just exploding (laughs) with, oh my God, that's like so perfect. Like, you know, like everything, like all, you know, goes back to the beginning. And so like, I absolutely love that movie. I was very disappointed with two, which I know for my contemporaries is completely opposite. Most of them saw two first and they all thought two was the greatest thing. But I just, I was just so annoyed, but I was like, no, you broke the rule. Like, you know, it's supposed to be a circle. It's not supposed to be like, you can change anything. Like it's just so frustrated by it. Um, So like, yeah, like the first one is, and three could have fixed things with just a few more dialogue changes, but they did not. I was like, oh, God, guys, you came so close to fixing things and they didn't. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that first Terminator movie is a great example of time travel. It is one that I saw very young. I was already into time travel from Doctor Who and other stuff. But like that, you know, that is one of the ones that I just like because I loved how like good that that whole ending, you know, went and everything like it just was so written so well um and so uh yeah uh for me that's 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 one of the the, the good ones um craven what about you what's a time travel series that you really like well like my two like that i came in like with the mindset well first was donnie darko mm-hmm. um I, I just love it as a story it's such a good movie but then the actual mechanics of all the things he's going through while being in like the wormhole of like the time and space and everything and it's just more of like the exploration of like philosophical like concepts that really like happen throughout the story but at the end it still needs to fall in his bedroom and he still has to you know that kind of thing I love um and then we just have Mortal Kombat so they decided like I am very much more familiar with the NetherRealm Studios uh games but I do know a lot of the lore because I watch History Behind the Warrior that goes in depth between the actual characters. And he actually goes in depth. What I really like is, so the I know Melina the best because that's who I main. Okay, so let me hit, like go with her as an example. So in the original Midway games, she kind of grew up kind of with Katana and Jade and being the outcast of the two you know being the sister but really not being the sister to katana and that kind of changes her whole like it's her it then develops what her motivations are in the lore but then um kind of like how you were saying with the communication thing earlier is what happens is at the end of annihilation mk9 resets the timeline because raiden sends a message back to himself to say he cannot win but like that's all he sends and Raiden you'll learn if you know the lore is really really bad at get like deciphering his own messages to himself he messes up more than like you know but like at that point you see Melina's um created and Katana and Jade already have this relationship when Katana runs into Melina and she sees Melina as this warped like version monster that was created from her DNA with also Takada and DNA, which is Baraka's line. 
and she is just appalled the first time she sees Melina. And Melina's like in a like like older woman's body, but she has the mindset of a like almost newborn child, and she's instantly rejected. And her motivations in the Nether Round games then change. Like her like what she still has the same goals, but the motivations and the drives are very different in the two, which I know we all get like as MK players, we all get mad at the retcons and how they just use it to like no one stays dead in MK, like you know, kind of thing. But they do do parts of it. I feel really, really well at times. So I, I just really, I've been looking at it like a whole lot earlier, and it, it's really interesting because Eleven does the whole like they reset the timeline again at the end of Eleven. So we're gonna see what we get with Twelve. Um, but Eleven dealt with Chronica controlling time and always resetting the timeline because something goes wrong. So it's like, it's kind of like there's just so many dimensions, so many times, like, but this time just gets reset. And like, MK just does that just for more plot, I think, reasons. And so characters don't die and they can bring back the mains, but they do it in a very interesting, if you look at it, just lore and story-wise very interesting way i feel oh that's cool like like yeah i haven't played mortal Kombat since the third one i think so like <laughs> i did not know that they got into like time travel and stuff like that in the in the mortal Kombat lore so that is that is cool though like that they they use that although i know that they're using it just to like sort of perpetuate like how many more characters can we bring in and make sure that the <laughs> ones that are supposed to be dead are still around and stuff like that but that's you know yeah. but that is that is cool though that that's the mechanism they use for that um Allie, what about what about you like what's uh what's one i know you have many i can't not talk about stargate okay <laughs> i have to talk about stargate as a good one as a good travel. one yeah because i mean like i ignored the fact that 1969 has a different form of time travel as the rest of stargate <laughs> so for anyone who isn't familiar the episode 1969 which is in season two has a one sacred timeline mentality to it where they have to loop back. So they're the they overshoot getting back to the future or back to the back to the present and they go into the future and then someone has to be there to send them back to the to the present. Um that's the only episode that they treat it like that. Uh and I didn't go back and double check um Stargate Atlantis because I do not have that in the encyclopedia part of my brain, but I'm fairly certain that all the rest of the Stargate franchise follows just more like you can actually change the timeline. Yeah, I don't even um, remember Atlantis doing time travel. They do parallel universes. I think that I they've think got that... at least one because Weir goes back um, all the way to before Atlantis is occupied by us when, when it's occupied by the ancients. Oh, okay. um, and she gets... Oh my gosh, she gets put into a uh, hibernation chamber thing, <laughs> and then and then she's the one who fixed it so that way Atlantis wasn't on the bottom of the ocean. Ha ha! I remembered something from the SGA. <laughs> oh, so that that would have been a predestination time travel one. Yes, then. that would have been a predestination yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but of course, in both, uh, so in 2010 and 2001, those two episodes kind of go together. 2010, we have gotten to that 
year in the series, <laughs> which is the future of the series. That's kind of hard to think about right the now. Futuristic space year 2010. It is. <laughs> um, and so they 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 have created a, an apocalyptic society, basically, um, where the human race will be dying off. So they send a note to the past so that way they can not meet those aliens and not uh, fall across this uh this terrible future and then 2001 is a follow-up to that episode uh where they do meet those aliens and uh have to figure out how to avoid this thing and figure out that these are the aliens that the note was talking about um ali uh i i'm going off of memory i'm sorry i haven't watched stargate since it originally came out don't um, worry i have so <laughs> but uh, uh i refresh me uh the episode the one where the team goes back in time and they're the ones that actually lead the revolution in ancient egypt against mobius, uh, mobius. Yeah. mobius. <laughs> it's the end of season eight yeah where they should okay. have ended uh, the series so wouldn't you call that uh um, predestination or would you say that's more of a free will uh uh, sacred loop type situation. I think it's more of a free will because there is no evidence in the original timeline that the SG team went back and led the revolution. Also, we know that the timeline is different because right. there are there fish, are fish in, Jack's in the lake. pond. Yep. <laughs> so okay. we know that the timeline is different. And, and those that are the kinds of things. And do another Simpsons reference where he exactly. can take close enough. <laughs> so, so for me, on one hand, I'm like, okay, what you have done just now is undermine the entire previous eight seasons because I don't know what's canon anymore. However, as a as a fanfic author, I was 100% there because mm -hmm. I was like, great, everything's canon now. <laughs> so, so that uh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about so it. Which, Don't think too much about it. <laughs> which time travel episode uh, created the second O'Neill with uh, two L's? <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know, actually. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, time travel episodes, though, of the Stargate franchise are, of course, the two that are time loops, um, window of opportunity from SG-1 and the uh, appropriately named time from Stargate Universe. Uh, and both of those are strictly time loops. Uh, so <clears throat> an event starts the looping, they have to figure out or solve the looping problem, and then an event ends the looping. So that's the, the time loops that I personally prefer because there is no question of this becoming a bootstrap paradox where you're wondering, well, how did they know? How did Hermione know that she should throw that rock? Because she had already been hit with the rock. That's the only reason why she knew to pick up the rock. But there's nothing else. Like, where did that idea come from? Because she'd already been hit with the rock. So that's the bootstrap paradox. <laughs> and Stargate doesn't do it. And so pros to Stargate. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I think that Mobius did do a great job of like trying to take everything back to the beginning, kind of remind you of the origins yes. of the series. And it ends with the characters you actually care about and doesn't give yeah. us two more seasons of characters that are absolutely <laughs> atrocious and a storyline that is just awful, like just I'm horrible. Not, for I'm not dissing. Years. I'm not dissing nine and ten. I'm Ugh. fine with it. Uh, I will diss their final episode, though. It doesn't use the Stargate, which is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, God. I do, they... I do like, like, Ugh. I have questions. I have so many questions about the choices that they made. Like, why didn't, why did changing the path, why did changing so far past Agent Egypt 
cause Carter to not go into the military. I don't understand that, but mm-hmm. also like, it's fine. They made a decision and they stuck with it. And so like, that's fine. I, when you're I that far that back in time, like a grain of sand out of place, like can like change something like 4,000 I mean, years in the future. Theoretically, so, like, but also <laughs> it's fine. I, it's the thing that when I'm on the right panel, I'm going to nitpick about it. And when I'm, I'm, when I'm actually I'm not, surprised. I'm, not... <laughs> I'm actually surprised this, the new timeline actually turned out as close as it did to the original yeah. one where you're going to change stuff in ancient Egypt. It should be more different than it was rather than like, oh, like, why was she not in the military? I'm like, why is she even alive? Why was she born in the first place? Why did the American Revolution happen? You know, like all, all the things. This is this is one of my things with time travel. I'm just, just gonna, I'm sorry, this aside is like a lot of times writers treat time travel like it's just like pages in a history book. Yes. Oh, like we can rip out these pages, but not change all the other pages mm-hmm. in between. And I'm always like, you can't, right. you can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. because it's, it's a series of events. So you you change the dominoes and then you get like different. But anyway, that's it's it's a, that's it's a thing that just makes it easier for the writing. But well, that's why fixed points help, because you say, well, that event just has to happen or else like the timeline falls apart entirely. Then then that helps from a writing perspective, because you well, can just say it has to happen. The problem with fixed points is unless you create something like the TVA what what yes. makes that important and why can't you go further back in time is it's like oh well we can go to this time but we can't change that time because mm-hmm. it's fixed well okay why not go back a thousand years back and kill all the ancestors of everyone that's part of that you know event and then you've erased the fixed point so unless you have something that's like actually micromanaging time and forces it back there's no like it doesn't make any sense like I, I hate the whole fixed point thing just because it's like you're you're assuming at that point that there's like some godlike entity or force that is like forcing things a certain way. And I don't I don't you like, mean like self-healing time. <sighs> That's a concept I hate. I hate yeah, that. Concept. Legends of tomorrow. <laughs> <sighs> All right, anyway. The time stream wants to happen a certain way, but it'll let you change some things. Okay. All right, anyway. I'm sorry. Get a little worked up about this one. All right, Lee, what about you? What's a what's a time travel example? I, I think, yeah, I still think one of my favorites um is Quantum Leap, the original, hmm. because it is that kind of ideas of you can go and if you fix X, you fix the rest. Hmm. Um, you know, there are all these things. I wish I hadn't taken calculus three in college because that screwed up my gpa for the rest of my years um you know and if i could go back i'd fix that right those are the little things you're like i could fix so i like those that are kind of that fix it i do kind of the groundhog day stuff i always find very interesting and as i said again when quantum leap does history they do it very well and i think that's where i get I get happy, even though my little conspiracy heart, when Sam was JF, uh, sorry, when Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, thank you, I couldn't get that out, uh, you know, and they even, they even knew it was going to be controversial, it's like, as of current knowledge, this is how it happened. Well, there was a little and movie that, that came out around the same time that they were trying to capitalize off the, mm-hmm. uh, off the popularity of <laughs> just a little just a little but hey we like a good conspiracy story and we like 
when it's not a good conspiracy story. So I think that's really my biggest thing. Um, the biggest issue I do get though, and uh, it is mine, is when, if, if you're gonna, I can suspend a lot of disbelief. I can suspend this, um, you know, this little thing, they didn't totally follow the history on that, and that's okay. I can suspend that disbelief. I can't suspend disbelief when I'm watching something and I go, absolutely none of this could have happened. And that's where I get upset. Um, and that's what I try not to look for. So I think that's the biggest thing because I, I love sci-fi because I think it's also really a teaching method for so many people. Um, it's where you learn a lot about, you know, tolerance and imagination and the limits or non-limits of what people can do. So those are the kind of things I like, and it really does help me. It's also great because sometimes you have small children and you're watching it with them and trying to explain things, and you've got an example there of this was why this was important, and I like that too. So there you go. And I'm like right with you. What the hell makes a fixed point? I've always wondered, you know, and it's the same, yeah, what makes a fixed point? And then, you know, the other thing is, is, how many, you know, if I go back on this one, do I go back on this one? Do uh, I, I can't get into those because that hurts my brain and I don't like math and science. So I'm uh, history. So there you go. No, yeah. I like that you brought out that point because like usually I'm thinking about things that are more like space-based or futuristic based when I think about science fiction that's also doing social commentary. But Quantum mm -hmm. Leap was a good show because it kept the time travel narrow. And so we're only right. talking about to like 1953 was supposed to be the furthest back you could go. They they ended up cheating at the end when they like when the writers like were running out of ideas and uh, oh, but if he leaps into an ancestor, he can go back further, which is where you get the Civil War episode. Uh, but like, mm -hmm. um, you know, but he can only go back to 1953. So it allowed them to talk about a lot of social issues in different time, you know, in the different time periods that he would leap into, you know. Right. Um, and, and so that that was a, a, you know, a cool way for them to use time travel to, you know, have that kind of uh, commentary uh, in the series. Right. Um, I, I just find that there's something kind of like interesting about like the idea of fixing time. Um, I wish they had gone a little more into the the evil leapers because when they introduced that idea, it was like, oh, mm -hmm. Maybe that's the reason Sam has to leap because they're the ones that are putting history wrong and he's actually mm -hmm. fixing things that they that they screwed up. And it's just that, it, you know, just a couple of times he actually like is in the same time period with them and, and you know, has to has to, you know, like resist them and stuff like that. But like, I don't know, there's something satisfying about the idea of you're there for a specific purpose. You, you do that. Mm -hmm. You find out you've done it and then you can go instead of like the normal time travel thing of just tension the whole time of don't step on the wrong butterfly or, you know, do something because you might, you know, like destroy everything. And Quantum Leap like kept the stakes at a very, you know, sort of specific, you know, level. Again, for the most part, I mean, as you said, you know, that's kind of those kind of fix it things. There's actually, even if you read the book Mis Misery by Stephen King, there's a part where she's talking, Annie is talking about, you know, I used to love those, uh, you know, kind of Roy Rogers or Captain America. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what it was from Star Trek uh, Voyager, but, you know, the superhero goes yeah. and you know, the bridge falls down and everybody dies. And then the next week you find out 
well, no, a couple of people lived. And that was like, you know, that's, you cheated. And so that's where I kind of like with Quantum Leap and some others that there was very little cheating. And that's kind of the thing too. That's probably why I also like the Van Gogh issue. Uh, the Van Gogh part of uh, Doctor Who is because they didn't cheat. I mean, he, there weren't new works. There were changed works and that's okay, but there weren't, I can, I can suspend that disbelief. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like my dream, which is to like go into the library of Alexandria and save everything before it burns. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, what's uh what's uh, what's the time travel thing that you really like? Oh, there's so many, man. My list here is, is crazy. Um, but I, I have to agree with you that Terminator is a high bar. Um, uh, it's, it's a high bar in time travel. The original and, uh, Terminator. The original Terminator, okay. yes. As for, and, <laughs> You're and, like the uh, first person to ever agree with me. Everybody's like, Terminator 2 is the best thing ever. And I'm just like, it's just an action movie, really. When you boil, I mean, it's not like there's nothing really compelling about the time yeah, travel it's, or it's anything. Entertaining. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, but it's just a summer. It's, it's aliens to alien, you know? I mean, James Cameron, which is what it should be. Right. You it's know, an it's exciting action movie, substance. but it's, yeah. But, uh, and also, <laughs> you're going to hate me for saying this, but Terminator was also, it's been argued successfully to me, uh, a romance. A la, along the lines of Outlander, <laughs> and that's why that's why the original Terminator appeals to women uh, uh, very strongly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, that's exactly what I did. Hmm. But uh, a successful argument. I'm me. trying to think of Beth's reaction to the various Terminators. I can't remember any strong reactions. I mean, she watches Terminator stuff with me, but I don't recall any. Yeah, interesting. But um, my choice, uh, my my first choice uh, for. God, you know, it, it's all over. The, it's, I would say, actually say it's not all over the place. They're pretty consistent with it. I would give them like an A minus or a B plus, especially when you consider how long the franchise has been around. But Star Trek, I would say that Star Trek does time travel exceedingly well. Um, they they almost always have a singular timeline that you can loop back. You can make changes to it, but it's always the same one. Yes, they have alternate realities or parallel universes. Um, and they're, you know, but by and large, uh, from City at the Edge of the Forever, which gives you the mm. ethical dilemma of do you change time or don't you? Do you let Edith Keeler die uh, or do you save a person because it's the right thing to do? But if you do, you're creating, you know, World War Three uh, or two or three. But whatever. the problem is, OK, so so OK, so, so this is the thing that Rachel and I talked about when we watched City at the Edge of Forever. She's like, but the problem is that Kirk is never really given that as a moral dilemma. Like he stopped from saving her, but it's not explained to him why it's important that he not say like there's never a point where that is really an ethical dilemma. It is something that the audience is aware of, but it's not something where it's like, hey, Jim, you can't do this because of what, you know, what will happen, you know, uh, and, and I don't know. I, I feel like it's not as good as people say it is. I disagree with you. I, I mean, I, I think it's safe to assume that at, they, they ha he has a basic understanding of time travel and 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 uh, the temporal, if not the temporal prime directive, which was basically created because of Kirk, then at least of maintaining the status quo. Um, and as a matter of fact, we do know, I take that, no, I take that back. We do know that he understands the ethical dilemma to it because 
um, they lose all contact with the Enterprise and the Federation. No. Yeah, and they don't know what the event is, though, and what the thing is that, that causes it to happen. No, I know that they're aware yeah. that, like, you know, things change. But what happens in the theme where she's about to be hit by the car, he's grabbed and stopped from saving her. He doesn't know that the saving of her is what causes all that to happen. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, he they, there's never a point where well, Jim has to make a decision based on you know the needs of the future versus like his personal desires there's like there's never a scene where that happens so that there that isn't the story like that isn't the dilemma is not the thing i disagree i i think you were talking about action versus inaction here because like bone saves edith uh, uh and that's what you know starts it all off not kirk right and oh so, right yeah i'm trying to remember what we had a problem with it's been years oh, <laughs> oh no no so kirk's decision was to alter time and save her or to let time progress as it's supposed to you know it's very mm. much a, a trolley problem um in a lot of ways um but you know but on top of that throughout the entire series uh their time travel has been pretty cisco goes back to the riots the san francisco riots, and then a few episodes later his face is in history books as mm. the 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 riot leader um you know all and and pretty much every data's head uh, they do uh, very good time travel by and large. Even the temporal Cold War, as stupid as it was. Why do you keep mispronouncing temporal? Temporal. Temporal. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> temporal. I, <laughs> no, it's it's weird. Like I have never heard anyone pronounce it that way until like the most recent like like things that I've seen on TV, and I'm like, suddenly everybody's pronouncing it funny. But at least for thirty years of my life, everyone always said temporal. Yeah, well, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> the, the accent was in a different data. place in the thing, and the I, don't know, I don't know when that happened. That shift, but I don't like it. <laughs> it's like data being changed to data, thanks to Patrick Stewart. You know, um, so here we are. What's, yeah, data. It's always data. been data. No, predominantly. I mean, I know there's always been an alternate pronunciation, but everyone's always said data. You know, even in the '80s when I was because growing up, Patrick Stewart. Because mm -hmm. of Patrick Stewart. He said data because of his accent and therefore, ta-da, change name. Yeah. There were, before, I was alive before Next Generation ever existed. <laughs> People used the word data. No, no, yeah, no. And they pronounced it that way. Person. They have data and data, but I have data. Oh, scientific, when I, uh, sorry, I'm getting off point. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. Okay. But I, can I add one thing to Ryan? Um, Ryan, when you talked about, I'm not going to get into Cold War part, but I loved how Star Trek DS9 did those kind of things because mm -hmm. the Tribble episode to me with Cisco oh, yeah. and everybody else is probably one of the most, I, I can rewatch that time and time and time again because every part of it's great. And even at the end when it's like, well, I did go back and get him to sign something. Uh, you know, hey, who would? No, that and was they, done they incredibly like, well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would argue that every time travel episode in Star Trek, and this is over sixty years and hundreds of episodes and movies, is pretty consistent. Even uh, the, the, I mean, yeah, you have the question about the two thousand nine movie, um, but even <laughs> that, if you look, if you actually listen to Spock's um, dialogue, he doesn't say that 
going back in time created an alternate reality. He said they're in an alternate reality, which is, is fine. That plays along with Star Trek's rules. You can have alternate realities. You can have time travel. You can even have time travel between alternate realities. But uh, they do a singular timeline that you can change. And they, I mean, up through even season two of Picard, they've been really pretty good about it. Well, beginning to end. I, uh, yeah. I'm not going to season two of Picard is not really great. Like, but we talked about that on the season two of Picard episode. So I'm not going to go into that here. But no, I think link in the. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I think season two of Picard actually makes quite a few problems with that. But like, anyway, <laughs> anyway. I, I, only only if you don't think about it again, it just it just goes to the fact that you have to assume it's a singular timeline and yeah. that it can be changed. And if you okay. keep that in mind, it works. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. It's fair. It's fair. No, I mean, I'm thinking about it. It's like, yeah, usually you're right. Star Trek does do a fairly consistent. Um, I just don't because the predominance of Star Trek, the percentage of it that deals with time travel is so small. So I don't think about Star Trek that much. I, as a, I mean, time travel. And then Sila, Disney's Crosby. Yeah, I mean, if you, th- yeah, any ep- any episode, uh, Yesterday's Enterprise, it's, it's fantastic. Okay. All right. So for a second choice for myself, um i think i do want to talk about voyagers just because it's a show i think more people need to know about um it was on when i was a very small kid um it was it's a it's a show very much in the quantum leap vein except that they are they open up all of history to it and in fact all of you know all of the world and all of history now they never explain why everybody speaks english there's never a mechanism for there being translated or anything like that. You just have to hand wave that part. But if you just accept that everyone throughout time and in every country has always spoken English, but it's okay. But so so Voyagers was, is, is a show where the idea of there are these Voyagers, there are these people, they have these devices called an Omni. It looks like a compass. When you look at the Omni, it will flash red if there's something that you need to fix. And once you fixed it, it turns green. Now, they're supposed to operate under a set of rules, but the main character of Voyagers, Bog, uh, who is a 17th century pirate, because they recruit people from all of time to, to do this. So he's a 17th century pirate, has lost his guidebook, which is supposed to give him, like, you know, all his instructions and everything. And he finds this orphaned kid, Jeffrey. Um, I can't remember if he's living with a foster family or if it's like a distant relative, but either way, like he's unhappy in his life and he's a daydreamer and all of that. And like Jeffrey, because he's a kid that's like well-read and actually like, you know, knows some stuff, like he ends up traveling with Bog and he kind of helps Bog, you know, like figure out things about what they're supposed to do because he knows things either from history or because he's, you know, read like a lot of like, you know, you know, historical sort of fantasy type things and stuff like that. He, he knows he's got a good general knowledge of history. And so what will happen, though, is that their jumps are random because, again, Bog doesn't know how to do anything because he's a 17th century pirate. And um, and so, like, you know, they, they, they'll they'll just randomly go through time and just find times that, like, need to be fixed. And they, you know, started playing around towards the end of the season with, like, the idea of, well, what happens if they screw something up? And also even like where they get into like like the organization of the Voyagers. And it it's a show that I think really had potential for a second season once they started bringing those other elements in and really like sort of expanding. Uh, even though it was sort of a cutesy show that was for you know, an all family, you know, kind of show, maybe aimed a little bit younger. But I watched through the whole thing with Beth and she enjoyed it, you know, fairly well uh, watching it with me. So, you know, like 
I don't think it's a show that like adults, you know, couldn't like, you know, get into, you know, for me, there's a nostalgia factor. So, you know, you got to hand wave, you know, that, but like, you know, so I was enjoying watching it again, but it's another one of those things I remember. Where did you find it? Cause I'm, is oh. it on like DVD or? Yeah, on DVD. It? Oh, okay. Go to amazon.com and type in Voyagers and you can get the season is. set. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why beth and i will sometimes whenever we see anything like educational like a show that like tries to like put some history in we look at each other and go it's all in books because <laughs> that's every episode when they played the credits they would say like you know go down to your local like if you want to learn more about and they'd say the name of like whatever characters like were in that episode that were actual historical figures that's or or what event they'd be like go down to your local library and you know check out and then they'd say like it's all in books and you know so it's <laughs> no memory of this series i'm looking it up now how did i miss this i don't know crazy you're old enough it was one season yeah. it was one yeah. season only and it was during a period of time when there was a dearth of this kind of like time travel kind of stuff people didn't like it so ta-da, that's probably why you missed it. <laughs> it is one of my is one of those yeah things that really got me into like time travel and history because yeah, that's all it was. Okay, so um uh Craven, what uh what's another like series or movie or thing that you like with time travel? Um, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna discuss, I think you discuss like the social commentary with like usually like space and aliens and I'm I really feel like at least so I haven't watched a whole lot of before the time war Doctor Who I'm gonna admit that right now I very I have rewatched lots of episodes of Eccleston Tennant and some of Smith a little bit of Cabaldi and very little of the newest writing mm -hmm. um and I feel like it it used to do it, like Doctor Who has always been a progressive show, I feel, but they always left it very subtle in mm -hmm. the like episodes themselves. Very much like I also I love the fact of like the Daleks like represent what humanity becomes like if we remove our emotions completely. Like if we are completely just devoid of and like we get the Daleks almost. Um and um, I feel like that's where it went wrong was it was just pushing it too far forward um, with like the newer season. But I really, I just really love like the struggles that you see just like, I guess it's social commentary, but also you see the struggles like the doctor deals with of the like effects of the time war and each reincarnation between the like the three I can mainly much like go off of. So um, Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith, you, they each kind of deal with it in a very different manner. And I really liked how they touched on that. I loved the anniversary episode. It was, it made me cry so much. Um, and um, I just, I don't know, like, I feel like Doctor Who had, like, some really great writing where it touched on so, so many themes and so, so much like throughout the time travel, I get that like, but I feel like if we didn't have the doctor being able to travel, being able to see all these things like past, future, you know, and we got to see them with them, like all these civilizations and races that just kind of like come together. I, I don't think we would have, we would get as like deep and rich of a series 
as Doctor Who with like I know it's so based on time travel but without I feel like they do it like of course there's some that are all crazy you know especially once we start hitting Smith um but like I feel like they do it pretty well especially like um t- like just the whole first uh, season with Eccleston where they, uh, uh, Russell T Davies throws Bad Wolf on like throughout every episode and you don't really understand the connection between all the episodes until the finale. Like that, that to me is peak Doctor Who writing where each episode is standalone story in and of itself, but the finale wraps it up somehow completely. and so I just really, really liked almost that writing instead of you have to watch every single episode in every single order to understand it, like how we got with um, Moffat's writing and Smith. Um, but I know that that's completely like, you know, different. I do love Smith's episodes. I love Smith as the doctor. But I feel like we got almost too complicated, too, too kind of crazy with some of the actual like timelines even with some of the bait like main characters like the master and stuff and I I love the master like um especially in the end of time parts one and two um wonderful send-off for tenant um (laughs) I cry so much in Doctor Who I'm learning from this conversation um but like I just just reflecting a lot on Doctor Who right now like I, I have a I have a poster of David Tennant as the doctor up in my room. So I'm like looking over, I'm like, oh yeah, Doctor Who. Um, but like I I really actually would love to go back and watch some of the old ones because I understand that those are before the time war. And I would really like to see the doctor's personality in the doctors because we have almost like a PTSD doctor, like after the time war. And I'm kind of dealing with that. So I've I've seen some of the old episodes and it's like a there it's just a different personality which I get you get with the doctors but there's also the psychology behind like the time war really messing with them. Yeah, no, I I I agree. Like like as far as like the the concept of Doctor Who always being a progressive show, it was a show that was developed by a female producer and an Indian uh, man at the BBC, basically a place where it had been up until that point all old white guys basically and so these came in as two fairly young people you know developing their show and you know obviously we say progressive it's progressive for its time right so for 1960s television it was progressive um you know it had stronger female characters than you would have had normally in a show like that because again the producer of the show was a woman so it's like you know (laughs) like of course you're going to have like better parts uh you know for women and stuff and like even in like the 70s like there's a story where they go into the future the president of earth is a woman you know in the 70s that was kind of like you know sort of a controversial you know kind of thing of like you know head of state you know that's a president you know like you know so not like something that's inherited you know like a royal type thing you know like is a woman and stuff like that so yeah no it, it it is it is a show that you know over its time has always been like a little bit ahead of you know where society was um and honestly even though we talked about star trek from a time travel point of view like the original star trek um, up until the modern era was probably the most progressive of all the Star Trek shows um, as far as like where it was versus where society was, you know, at the time. Although I'm not sure any of the time travel stories they did in the 60s were particularly, you know, about any social type of issues. Um, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's a good example of it. I like that, Shannon. 
um all right ali what about you another another time travel series uh, you gotta just one again <laughs> i i'm going um i'm stepping away from the franchises mm. and i'm gonna give us an example it's a new example it's from 2021 and this has like the worst movie title i have ever heard trailers clear very clearly time travel uh a villain has changed the timeline to steal this guy's wife. So I was like, I'm in. Let me see this movie. What is the title? <laughs> Needle in a time stack. <laughs> I have not heard of this. The movie is great. Okay. <laughs> the title is terrible. It is, of course, based off of a short story written in like the 60s or 70s, which when you know that, you're like, ah, yes, that does sound like the title of a short story a sci-fi short story um uh but the movie itself it one of the things that it does that i found particularly interesting is uh it's mostly about the consequences for all of the normal people of time travel happening beside them so we we're in a society in which time jaunting is a hobby of the rich and oh, so, so almost the, like a sound of thunder. Okay. Yeah. And so the uh, main character who we follow through multiple timelines, um, <clears throat> he gets, they get hit by a wave during a business meeting and everyone goes, goes, oh, we'll check in. You know, we know that we understand that a timeline change has just happened. Check in with your families, make sure that everything is the way it should be. So this is part of their world. They are used to it. And all of these people who don't, who don't have the power to go time travel just have to deal with the fact that there are people time traveling, which I thought was refreshing. Uh, that's not a story that we get to visit often. And eventually the timeline does get changed so that this guy is no longer married to his wife. And he has a handful of hours in which time has to solidify or whatever you want to call it. But he's got a very short period of time in which until he's going to forget that he's married. He never writes down, hey, you're married to Janine, go find her. I don't know why, but he doesn't. <laughs> but then we go through when we follow the other, um, he, he is married to a different person. Then he he finally goes back in time himself and he makes changes. And so we finally go through and get different things. Um, but the main point of the movie is actually has nothing to do with time travel. The main point of the movie is about humans and about human connection and the fact that we should be nicer to people. That's basically that's basically <laughs> the message of the movie. It's don't be a dick, um, which I think is a fantastic message for any movie. Uh, but it like I said, it handles time travel in I think a really interesting way. Uh, it's not like you know. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of time travel stories now and it's not any of the current stuff, you know, it doesn't look like any of the current stuff. So for me, I found it extremely refreshing and just a really different kind of, kind of time travel. Um, yeah. Do recommend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, no, I'm surprised because you said there were commercials for it. I'm surprised I didn't like see or hear anything about it. I think I mostly saw it on YouTube. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, no. Like, uh, yeah, I'm usually yeah. time travel is something I zero in on, and especially like something like that, like a society where time travel is common, you know, like would make would make it interesting to me just on that basis. Uh, Leslie Odom is in it, and Orlando Bloom. By the way, for anyone who heard me reference something called A Sound of Thunder, I am talking about the short story, not the very awful movie, which really <laughs> doesn't adapt it very well at all and has probably the dumbest time travel uh, change idea of ever, where <laughs> time travel happens by going with the simplest species first and then like going through evolution. So, you know, suddenly, so you can have the main characters encountering dinosaurs because, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a weird, huh. weird bad movie do not watch it maybe the worst movie i've ever seen but it would have to fight with steel and wing commander for that title and they're just all so bad so like anyway don't don't read the short story by ray bradbury though it's actually yeah. quite good um and there's actually like a novel series that um actually takes up from that even though it's not written by bradbury um called dinosaur world um that uh, is actually really really good that uses both time travel and the multiverse uh but anyway um lee what is uh another example of a time travel series you like or or one thing doesn't have to be um yeah no, uh actually what can are we gonna talk about ones we hate um <laughs> yeah. you can talk about if something we're not, like. well no let's yeah. go go okay. with something okay. you like go with something you like first okay something i like uh, well it's a new show um i pretty sure there's only one season of it it is on Paramount plus it is called signal it is a korean uh story it's cops it's basically a uh you know criminals and cops and robbers and all of that kind of stuff but where it has some interesting parts is that there is a walkie-talkie that can talk to one person who is dead in the current timeline Oh. And they're finding out things so that they can figure out the current, like what they should do in the current case. Uh oh. So so yeah. But I like it. It it sticks with that. I what like frequency. Mm -hmm. Fre <laughs> very much like frequency. But yeah. it's also Korean. It's right. It no, is I, a I very yeah. also Korean. Um, no, no, I got you. It's like frequency. It really is. But what I'm also liking about it is, and kind of like frequency, but in a lot of other things is that person A and person B and person Z may have a very different kind of history that did have many touch points. Maybe that's why they had to get into this area. So that's very interesting. Um, I, it is on Paramount Plus. It's subtitled in English, but even though Paramount Plus says the audio is in English, it is not. It is in Korean. But I really like it because of that. And I, you know, I don't know Korean actors, but I like the whole cast in this so far. There's even the slimy um, commissioner, uh, police commissioner, who's just a slime ball and no, oh, he's awful. So yeah, you've those tropes that you like, plus you know, some time travel in there with a walkie-talkie, which did not have batteries at first, FYI, just like that, <laughs> which we don't know how that works either. So, yeah, I really love that one. Um, mm -hmm. There's only one season on Paramount right now. I'm scared to look to see if they already, it got killed, and we're mm -hmm. not going to have a season two yet. So I haven't IMDb'd it yet to keep my heart happy. <laughs> so. All right. No, that's an interesting one that I hadn't heard of. Um, 
uh ali uh i'm not sorry not ali ryan uh what's another what's another example that you would like to talk about so in the early 2000s there was a movie it's like a really low budget movie um i can't even remember i don't think any of the actors in it um went on to do anything else but it's called primer and I, it was a really great uh, time travel movie. And the, the, whole, the whole concept is because it deals with like what would like kind of like smart ish real people do with time travel. And it's about these, I think, uh, three or four guys, uh, friends who they're engineers who invent time travel in their garage. They basically invent this like tank that you get in. But the, the concept is that time travel, you can travel through time, but it's not instantaneous. You want to go back a day in time, you have to sit in this tank for a day, and then your your time still travels for you, just in the opposite direction. It's and, a wormhole. Uh, it's. <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah, what I mean, it is. It's a it's a wormhole, but you have to open the wormhole in the past, so that way, when you get out, or when you get into it, when you exit in the future, <laughs> you've connected those two points together with a wormhole. And. Yeah, the, the mechanics of it are just they're they're unique. I've never seen. I, I don't think I've mm -hmm. ever seen a time travel story where you you have to spend the same amount of time, you know, traveling in the opposite direction. Um, and basically, at first, it just starts off with they're going back to like do stock trades and make sports bets and like what you would what like some normal what what we would do, you know, uh, if we could go back a few hours or a day and uh, you know make ourselves rich. Uh, and um, but then of course. You know, in the sidelines, people, they start seeing each other, like other versions of themselves, and you realize something's going on, and it progresses and uh, becomes more of a, almost a conspiracy, because they start kind of turning on each other, and there's the idea that maybe some one of them built another tank and went back even further, and it's just, it's uh, really fascinating. It's not... It's a slow burn, and um, it's not for everyone, but it's it's unique, it's original, and it'll make you think... And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'll I say this about Primer for those who haven't seen it, because like usually like, you know, I roll my eyes and people are like, oh, my God, I saw this movie and it was about time travel. It was so complicated. I couldn't understand it. And I'm like, no, it's actually, you know, because first of all, if you're writing a movie, it's usually for mass consumption. So it's like, you know, it's really not that complicated. You just think about it for five seconds, you know, like, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's it, you know, you can you can figure it out. You don't have to create a complicated diagram or whatever. Um, so I've seen Primer, um, and I will say, if you only watch it one time, which I have, by the end of the movie, you do not know what has happened. Apparently, people have diagrammed it, and if you want to get oh, into yeah. it that much and, like, actually figure out exactly, it does make you think, like Ryan said, because there are a lot of neat concepts in there and whatever. I didn't find it a satisfying movie experience just because by the end of the movie, I'm still not clear at everything that was happening at the movie, and I didn't really feel like going back and rewatching it multiple times and diagramming and trying to connect all the dots and everything. So, like, yeah, it's... It, and it jumps around between different iterations of these characters, too. And you're never sure which iteration yeah. of these characters you're following, you know, at any given point. I'm sure there are clues if you watch it carefully. There but, like, clues. it's it's yeah. it's all over. Because there's, like, 34 different, like, versions of these guys, I think I heard somewhere, like, that, that you actually connect with during this movie. So, like, it's, it is complicated. Uh, but apparently the writing does actually work if you actually invest mm -hmm. the time yeah. to figure it out. I just I just feel like I don't feel like watching a movie should be work. So, like, it's one of those <laughs> things where, as a movie, I feel like it kind of falls apart, even if it is interesting. So I, I disagree. But I will say Primer is the time travel movie for people like me who 
like the minutiae and <laughs> details of time travel. And I have absolutely watched it with friends who were like, that was a movie. It's like, <laughs> yeah, cool. It's, <laughs> I love it. It's really kind of, it's kind of like, a, it's really more of a flex. It's like, oh yeah, I watched Primer. Yeah. I understand it. You know, uh, but if, if, if it's yeah. your thing, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just just know that you're gonna have to watch it, you know, a few times to to really get it. So. I've actually only seen it once, and you know which yeah. iteration of the characters you're on every time, and That's you could explain to it to me <laughs> <laughs> enough to be comfortable. I like that. the the thing that Ryan didn't mention that I feel like is very important is that their time machine is a cardboard box, and <laughs> that is one of the details that I particularly love. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a storage locker it's in it's in a yes. you know <laughs> i mean it's just it's not like, your typical <laughs> it is the most anti-time machine that you can possibly get <laughs> mm. yeah like there's a whole thing where it's like the guy gets a phone call and he and he and he doesn't take the call and they're like wait a minute like were you supposed to take that? Because does that mean because it's the same phone that you have in this other, you know, the other time frame? Did the other you not get the call? Did you drop the call? And again, these questions are not answered like within the movie. Maybe if you go back and rewatch it, there's a scene or something that like would explain that. But again, they just like leave those things out there sort of in the ether. So like there's interesting concepts, but it's like, you know, it's it's not there's no point at which it's like, aha, you know, it's just kind of like, here's a bunch of neat concepts. You know, so anyway. Does it have like a director's cut? <laughs> like, you know, like how like Donnie Darko makes no sense because it removes all the like more, I want to say like, I don't know, it's time travel is never really hard sci-fi, but it removes a lot of the mm -hmm. explanations. This is an indie movie, travel. so I think yeah, the obscurity is, was part of yeah. the, what they were going for. It's not a Donnie oh, okay. Darko problem. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is difficult to follow. I will I will agree with that. But I feel like the questions that they pose, the ones that needed answers are answered. Definitely a puzzle. I mean, you have to enjoy puzzle. puzzles. Yeah, you have to. I mean, there are certain things, yeah, because it's like you keep hearing sounds from the roof and then you realize that, oh, that's right. because they've beaten up versions of themselves and shoved them <laughs> up in the ceiling, you know, and stuff like that. Like, like, so you get that, but it's I'm still not clear what version of who beat up what version of who and stuffed them in the ceiling and stuff like that. So it's like some things are answered, but it's just kind of like, okay, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> there's 34 iterations of these guys running around in this movie it's anyway i, I wanted to ask Allie a question um as soon as my tv stops doing what it's doing uh which it shouldn't have been on anyway the question i had is you said the cardboard box was the weirdest is the is it weirder than a hot tub okay okay what i mean by that it's not it's not that it's weird but it's an anti-time machine by which i mean most time machines that are a device someone built right are highly like high tech and everything like that and this is very low tech i <laughs> have not seen hot tub time machine so i Holy do not know if it, it is a machine <laughs> <laughs> or magic yeah there was never any part of the description of that movie that made me want to watch it either so. oh it is great oh my god it had john cusack in it it had yeah. john cusack and my heart helped but only i personally don't see the second one i personally feel it is absolutely a valid form of time travel yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, what about that you get hit on the back of the head and wake up in a different time? Like, what do you feel about? (laughs) I mean, also, I think that's like one of the things that I talk about about writing time travel is it doesn't really matter what you pick for your method of time travel as long as it remains consistent throughout your your story. Uh, So if you want to use uh, conk to the noggin or um, magic or alien intervention or built a time machine or go into a room where nothing except what's from that time period that you want to travel to is in that room right or george carlin shows up in a phone booth yes that is a fantastic time travel movie it is and it has a fantastic uh closed loop system yes no it does oh my god there is no bootstrap paradox there it is is not only educational it is entirely fun and (laughs) (laughs) and it ends with abraham lincoln well not ends ends but like pretty much ends with abraham lincoln telling us to be excellent to each other and party on dudes i mean like what more could you want in a movie wait 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 wait, wait, wait. sorry i have to push back uh okay i would argue that there is a bootstrap um in in bill and ted uh the scene oh god uh, where they where Ted's where, like we have to remember to leave the key you know after we do all this right but it's a predestination no yeah. that is not the bootstrap paradox because what they do is they make a list of all of the things that they have to do because the bootstrap paradox is when there is no origin to the thought oh, like there's that. no one who made the decision and so what they do is they encounter a problem and then they say okay this is how we're going to fix the problem we need to right go back in time and steal your dad's car keys we're gonna need to go back in time and make a recording of your dad arguing with that guy and we're gonna need to go back in time and put the trash can so it'll fall over that guy's head like they make a list and then we just presume that they went and did that whole list so no paradox there (laughs) it passes Just like Cap returning all the stones at the end of <laughs> no, because yes, there are other exactly. there are other problems there. There are exactly there are like major, that. There are major other problems with things that they did in those time frames that have nothing to do with giving the stones back. But anyway, <laughs> how did the reality stone get back at Jane? Okay. <laughs> mm. All right. Anyway, um, so. Fandom hand wave it away. Just hand wave exactly. it away. The whole ending <laughs> doesn't exist. Uh, so yeah, another one for me that I want to talk about, which again, I'm not sure how many people will be familiar with this one, but it is fantastic is there was an animated show in the mid nineties called gargoyles and gargoyles is not a show about time travel. But it is a phenomenally well-written show where the writer wanted to include time travel within the series and thought through. And and it is a closed-loop system. It is something where every time time travel happens, it's the thing that's supposed to happen. But the, the time travel is used so well to explain questions you have about why certain things happened in the way that they happened. And it's always like one of those things where it's like when they use the time travel, it becomes a, oh, that's why this is the way it is, you know, here now, because this happened in the past. And I've never seen a show that interweaves time travel as often as Gargoyles does in a way that is also a predestination and they never break the rules 
and and change because it's like oh well, the series it's 65 episode series we're not going to count the 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 non-canon third season um the creator said it's non-canon by the way that's not me making that assertion uh because he wasn't involved in the third season um but um you know it's a 65 episode series so that's a fairly long run and for time travel to be present throughout a lot of those episodes and for them never once to go like, you know, actually we want to do like, you know, a thing where we actually change history or whatever, which is usually what shows do that are long running. They lose their nerve if they're doing like a like a predestination kind of thing, because they're like, oh, what about if we did this weird concept and it changes time and whatever? Um, and so, yes, I I highly recommend Gargoyles for many, many reasons. It's available on Disney Plus uh, for anyone to watch. It is the best written animation I think I've ever seen um and it is a seamless story for 65 episodes that also includes time travel it's very very good and people should definitely check it out um but yeah and, and the time travel is actually important to the main plot so yeah it's not like a side thing even though it's not like every episode is about time travel uh craven do you have anything else that you would like to talk i know you're <laughs> you're talking, i have two like really big ones it's like do you have another thing that you would like to talk about well, one thing I just was quest like because we you guys were discussing wormholes and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and it popped into my head one of my favorite like the first rated R movie I ever watched, but I mainly lump it in a Lovecraftian category, um, and that would be Event Horizon, and I feel like that deals with more dimensions, but it really shows what can go wrong when you really don't know what you're getting into with the technology. Um, that you're messing with because um you know it deals with like the like it discusses how the ship is supposed to like almost fold reality and come out in another point and it does that by just like you know folding the universe so i don't know if that's time travel per se but just the talks of wormholes and stuff also brought that up which is another great um film i very much enjoy okay very cool um and ali uh, I was going to say one thing, but then I remembered I haven't talked about my other obsession, which is the Umbrella Academy and is all about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Umbrella uh, Academy. That's a good one. Yeah. The time travel in the Umbrella Academy is fantastic. And almost always <laughs> the time travel involves a five, obviously, because that is his power is to jump through time. Um, and it's always he sees the apocalypse and then jumps back to try to fix it. And of course, he keeps failing <laughs> to fix the apocalypse uh, because the Umbrella Academy is built around a dysfunctional team. And that is their thing. <laughs> They're going to screw it up. And he keeps making it worse. Um, and so actually, one of the things that is fantastic about um, about the season three Umbrella Academy is that they perfectly and concisely explain the grandfather paradox uh, in a delightful propaganda-esque film <laughs> from, from uh, their version of the TVA. Um, and it's fantastic. I love everything about the, about the time travel in Umbrella Academy. I think it's really uh, consistent, particularly because, like you said, uh, they do have basically one timeline thing that they just keep screwing up. Uh, but like you said, they've got their own authority that is correcting the timeline and all of these agents that are going out into the timeline and 
molding it to be a specific way. So that one sacred timeline idea makes a lot of sense because they've got someone molding it. Uh, and then they don't because they create a massive paradox by existing when they shouldn't exist <laughs> because they changed time too much. They went back and, uh, well, they... <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> I started to try to explain, and then I was like, "Wait, hold on! I'm gonna have to explain too much." No, yeah, no, let's sum no, up. It, it is complicated. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I do have problems with the Umbrella Academy, but I, I, I want to wait until season four because, like, my problems may be addressed before you know. So it's like one of those things where it's like because there's still more to come. Yes, I want to make sure they don't close the loops that I think need to be closed. There's um, one more season of Umbrella Academy, and so we will see. But I feel fairly confident uh, that basically they just keep changing time rather than having loops and things like that. <laughs> um, and we are we are living in a in a world in which uh, they have just changed the time. And the last, I mean, the last episode of season three, uh, they literally rewrote reality. So that has nothing to do with time travel <laughs> they just have rewritten reality and so we'll find out what that means for those characters yeah the 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 one that i mean the one that i think is the is the biggest deal is the fact that five would never have gone back in time if five had not been in the place with him so that's a predestination form of time travel whereas everything it else was, they've ever yeah. shown is a change history form of time travel so like there there's a problem there uh with yeah with, the with time him travel. With him creating the um, the timeline authority that I've forgotten the name, the exact name of. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's not the TVA, but it's something there's, like there's that. There's too many. <laughs> right. uh, but with him being the creator of it, it uh. does throw in some questions. Uh, but I have decided that it's fine because because they rewrite reality. So I'm just gonna like, <laughs> well, they rewrote reality anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. We're all done. It wasn't fine before it is now, you know. <laughs> right, but on, they they can still make the new reality connect to the old reality. There there are ways of doing this that like could actually like make everything like a crazy circle. Um, I mean, the the problem is the two people who were rewriting the reality are Reginald and Allison, mm. and I don't think Allison knew what she was doing. Right, <laughs> and. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Reginald did everything he could to erase Poor his stuff. children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yes. Reginald Hargreaves is the worst. Uh. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Lee, uh, I, I know you want to talk about something that, that you don't like, but we're going to save that. Do you have any other one that you can talk about that you like? Well, it's not really a show as much as when I see these on other shows, I like it which is when somebody in the present has received something either from the future or from the past that they have to act on. And I'm just going to give a quick example, which to me is probably one of the, it's the one that if somebody says this to me, I'm like, this episode is Weeping Angels from um, Doctor Who. Uh, because there's a video, you know, don't blink, don't blink, don't blink. And, but it's current time, but the doctor's already sent it, but it's about now, and yet it's also about the future. So, I mean, those are the kind of, it's that kind of an episode. 
because when you have that little bit of information, it's kind of like Allie was talking about another, the other movie she was talking about, uh, Needle in a Time Stack, is why didn't he just write down, you are married to? Yeah, the first thing that I think about when you talked about receiving something that you have to act on is a show called Timeless, uh, which, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into you know, that. You have to do <laughs> yeah. or else. I, I don't want to talk about Timeless, you know, because I mean, I already did mine, but like, uh, it's a show that's worth checking out. And the idea of like this yes. woman, uh, you know, there's the, there's this notebook that the, actually the villain receives that like, you know, tells him to act on things, which sets the whole thing in motion. And it's it's another one of those fun time travel stories. I don't think the time travel is always the best as far as like mm -hmm. consistency with rules but it's just like a, it's a good adventure show about people trying to change instead of instead yeah. of like the shows we've talked about where like a character is going through time fixing things it's they're trying to prevent the bad guy from changing things with mixed yeah. with mixed results and it is one of those ones though that treats it as like oh yeah we can change the details of lincoln's assassination and that doesn't change anything except some pages on a history book and i'm like <laughs> Uh, no, I think that that would have changed a lot more than that, but that's okay. You know, you guys can... It's just the details. It's fine. <laughs> right. He still gets yeah, assassinated, should... so they don't change the big thing, but a lot of the details around it change. And I'm like, you know, I think that if the fugitive who murdered the president got away, that that would have really changed. You know, it's different than John Wilkes Booth, who was actually, you know, captured, you know, <laughs> anyway, it's a whole... Thing. You should do a podcast about that series. Oh, yeah, we should do a podcast about <laughs> yeah. that. You can find that podcast on earlier episodes of the 42 cast. <laughs> I think Ryan was involved with both of them because we talked about both seasons. Um, Ryan, uh, what is what is another example? You have a one that you like. Man, I've got like such a list. I, I got like six one season wonders I would love to mm. talk about. But uh, like Journeyman uh, was a great series. Terra Nova, great series. Well, I've heard of that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Journeyman was very much like a Quantum Leap one. Um, but uh, the one I want to talk about now, uh, and, and I, I ruled out Travelers because you I know you've done an episode on that. Um, and I ruled out Continuum, which I could talk about. But the Continuum is like, Good and bad. There's a lot of bad continuum. You know, it's funny because at first I thought about Stargate continuum, and then I was like, oh, oh no, 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 you're talking about the show. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I watched that yeah. show recently, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so the one I want to talk about is uh, because I feel like it started off really, really strong. And in the middle, it got muddled, but in the last season, it pulled it out. And that was 12 Monkeys. Oh, um, see, I haven't seen so the series. I've only seen the movie. Yes. The movie's yes, good. The movie's entertaining, but the series is uh it's done by um oh god, Terry uh Metalis, Metalis, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Mm. But um if you're enjoying the last season of Picard, uh he's the guy responsible for that, so you would probably enjoy this. Okay. But uh yeah, yeah, the concept and this is pre-COVID, but, right, but concept... isn't he the same guy responsible for the second season of Picard yeah, also? Well, you... And I'm a little bit of a defender of that, so that's fine. <laughs> that's, well, no, I am like, wait, the same guy is writing this third season because this third season is so good yeah. and the second season is so bad. But anyway, I haven't finished the third season, so no spoilers. But anyway, 12 Monkeys. No, no, no spoilers. Um, but it, I, it's pre-COVID. But yeah, it's basically about uh, it, the premise is uh, someone comes back from the future, from a post-apocalyptic future to prevent a plague that you know mm -hmm. wipes out uh, most of humanity. And uh, then it just gets really freaking crazy from there. It sets up, it, it, it does what you would call um, 
you know, those inaccurate inaccuracies, it throws out uh, odds and ends, which you think are just missed opportunities. But by the end of the last season, it goes back and it revisits every one of those. It actually makes you believe by the end of it that they had a plan uh, from beginning to end to fix all those loose ends. Um, because, yeah, it gets to the like it's, it does that same problem that most seasons do where um, season one is good and strong. Season two is pretty good. And then you just feel like, oh, they just they did. They're surprised they got renewed. You know, <laughs> they never expected mm-hmm. to get renewed. Um, but by the time, yeah, the, the last season comes along. And I want to say it's five seasons but i can't be i'm not positive about that four well, or five. i didn't realize it went no long. i actually do have yeah. a list of like things that i want to watch and 12 monkeys just because i've heard a lot about like there. i thought the movie was just kind of okay like it never did i know other people were like really like big on the movie and i was just so like the fact that there was a series never really like did anything for me but then i've heard everybody say like oh my god it's so good so i'm like i should probably check give this a try yeah you really should and it was um it was four seasons yeah no i mean i it uh it's well worth it if you if you like time travel if you if you specifically like the time travel genre i think you'll like uh 12 monkeys and it does it jumps over all over the place it it starts off obviously just going someone from the future coming back to the present but then as the series it develops they have to go oh well you know oh gosh maybe this was a man and uh this plague was invented by humans maybe it's invented by the nazis we gotta go back uh to there we've got to and it also does a, a great conceit that time travel does uh, where someone dies, people die, but you get to see them again and again because <laughs> you're going back to before they died. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and which is always fun. So I would highly recommend uh, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, no, I, I and you know you invoked Continuum, and it's like Continuum had so much promise and was a great yeah. concept, but yes, I think the execution on Continuum as the seasons went on like started being like, oh, I, the only thing that I'm happy with with Continuum was the end where they addressed the fact that. Yeah, she thinks she's going home, but things have changed so much that, you know, even though she does get to go back to her own time, quote unquote, it's not her world anymore. And I was I was like screaming the whole time. I'm like, there's no way to go back anymore. Like you've yeah. you've changed. You've like and I was yeah. like, she, she kept thinking, like, oh, just if I can find some way to travel in time, I can I can get back to my time. And I'm like, no, like it's done. Like you know, it's well, like, like th- I did like that ending really well because you usually don't get downbeat endings like that. And so, yeah. well, you know, you, you hit on something. Um, I can't remember what you were talking about. Uh, gargoyles. I, I don't remember what you're talking about, but you're saying, you were saying how it was about the good guys were just trying to maintain the status quo. They weren't going back in time to, uh, that was timeless where I was saying like timeless. their idea, yeah. like they, they were trying right. to prevent yeah. him from changing right. history. And that was sort of like the whole thing of, you know, making history great again, you know, was Rittenhouse's whole. That was the other thing, too. And then Rittenhouse, they're trying to prevent Rittenhouse from changing history. And it's like. <laughs> and you, but I, I think in general, time travel stories, you've got, yeah, you've got the two, it's two possibilities. The hero is trying to preserve time or the hero is trying to change time. And I feel like, like the original Terminator, he's trying to preserve time. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the resistance is starting to win. The machines are desperate. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Skynet is desperate. And, and the second Terminator, suddenly they're trying to change time. And I, I, I not 100% sure about this, but I bet you there's a correlation about the quality of a time travel story and what the, the protagonist is trying to do, whether he's trying to pre- uh, prevent uh, something from happening or cause something to happen. Okay. Um, all right. So so now we will talk about things that we don't like about time travel. Um, and just really quick, we have to get, we only have time for one example of these. Uh, I am going to trust Allie to give one that I'm going to skip over. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh! I promise 
not to say Steve Rogers. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's interesting because it's as Ali did bring up at one point. I don't know if she did it on the pod or before we started talking about, about frequency, about like the idea of conveying information back in time. And um, I, I will say, like, I love the idea of frequency. I love the idea of somebody just being able to chat with somebody in like a different time. Uh, I think the movie specifically, because there was a, a very short-lived series, which I also watched, um, which I actually enjoyed more. Uh, but the movie version of Frequency, uh, like the time, tra- like like how they utilized it was really, really bad. And so I'm, I'm going to give it with one example. So there's a, basically the idea is they're finding um, a killer, uh, a serial killer who had gone off, you know, who had gotten away with it originally. And because of, you know, the changes that they had made, you know, like the character's mom died when she shouldn't have died and stuff like that, you know, like stuff, stuff was happening. Um, But it gets to a point where they actually make the serial killer in the past time suspicious of them because they're investigating and they know things that they shouldn't know. And he goes to attack uh, this, this husband and wife, kill them. Uh, you know, and which would the main character, you know, he's, you know, he's a kid in that time. I can't remember the exact details about that part of like exactly how the attack happens, but like, you know, and he's, he's in the, 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 the present and the guy attacks him in the present because there is a linkage between the two time periods. Like the radio can only talk to a specific number of like years before it's like the same day and they're, and they're talking through. And so like the killer attacks at both times, like during like the, like a linked time. And so the uh, the 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 dad like takes a gun and shoots the guy's hand off, and oh. suddenly the guy fighting the grown up son in the present he just stares as his hand fades away. But he still chose to attack. You know, like it's like like they they don't they, again they're not looking at it as all the events in between would have changed. Like if this guy had his hand mm-hmm. blown off, he wouldn't still be like trying to attack in a disadvantaged situation. Like he wouldn't even probably even be in the house at that time or whatever. And it's just like one of those things that like really bothers me when they don't do that. Like I was just one of the bad examples of time travel of like, you got to think about all the things that would happen if you changed the thing that happened in the past. And so, yeah, it's, it's, That that one just frustrated me. It's the first one that came to mind. I didn't come prepared with bad examples, although there's one big one um, that I'm hoping Allie still does talk about, even though she said she wasn't. Um, <laughs> that sounds like permission. <laughs> that is permission. <laughs> hey Craven, is there anything that you've uh, that you've ever seen like the time travel where you're like, oh my god, this is just handled so poorly? I think like I guess just a. Just something that like hit my head while you guys were discussing bad was just like, it's a fun movie and stuff, but I really just think like, don't know the time travel mechanics too much, but like the second Deadpool, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's such a fun movie. So you like, you can look over it, but I feel like it's just very like, it's not handled very like seriously. No, they're not. Like he kills Ryan Reynolds, which is himself. I mean, like, you know, it's they're not taking it seriously. There is the time travel that actually happens in the movie and then the time travel that happens in the credit sequence. Mm. So I feel like you can look at those separately because I feel like the stuff that happens in the credit sequence is questionable as to whether or not. 
that quote unquote happen. <laughs> oh, see, no, I think that's going to be the basis for Deadpool 3 is that the TVA is going after him now for just like screwing everything up so badly, like with that time Likely, travel device. And I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is my suspicion anyway, because they've already said that the TVA is going to be in Deadpool 3. So, um, and Mobius well, is going to be in it. And Wolverine. So, you know, right. anything. <laughs> well, that's fine because Wolverine is already part of like the Fox X Men franchise. It's yeah. the idea of the TVA interacting with that. That's that's like a new sort of idea. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Allie, Allie, do you have a really <laughs> egregiously bad example of time travel to talk to us about? I'm sorry. Do you just want me to talk about in game and scream? <laughs> what you want? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I did come with certain expectations for this it's podcast. This is what is expected of me. <laughs> um, I will say, like, oh my god, that time travel. So works. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it yes, only yeah. works because Loki was written later to explain it. Yes, Loki explains everything. There are there are elements that I do like. Like the fact that when the ancient one explains that every time you remove the time stone or the, one of the infinity stones, you're changing that timeline and creating a branch. Like, yes, that's solid. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. And that uh, continues with what we hear in C and Loki. So that part is consistent. But the very idea that all of this crap is fine because the TVA has decided that it's fine is just completely ridiculous <laughs> because there is no reason knowing what happens in loki why steve and peggy weren't pruned that's a branch timeline like they, they've got one sacred timeline except for the one branch where steve rogers went back in time and they're allowed and it's just nonsense <laughs> <laughs> that, that hasn't been I, I don't know that that's been truly established that that's a branch timeline well, i mean it has to be it, a branch yes why? Be, and and i say that I, the directors and writers disagree on it and i can't remember which one of them believes mm. what but it has to be a branch because of the time travel rules established in loki and then continued throughout the mcu it has to be a branch no, why? <laughs> yeah i disagree because, i'm i'm yeah. just like ryan i disagree i agree because, with Allie. Because this <laughs> well, is this is why, because what Loki and every other Marvel movie since then has established is that every time you go backward and change something, you create a branch. That is stated as fact. There is no possible way to have not created a branch at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and you have to. It is a character assassination of Steve's character. And I know, Ryan, you're going to be like, yes. well, you don't know what he did do, but it doesn't matter because he allowed all those bad yeah. things to happen I just guess. because he wanted to have a happy life okay. with Peggy. Okay. You know? I got you. I got you. Oh, I got you. I got you on this because no, you that, don't. I disagree because that's <laughs> fundamentally Steve Rogers. If you watch, yeah. if you watch Civil War, and Age of Ultron, in Age of Ultron, his conversation with Tony, where he's tearing up the logs, he literally says, "Trying you, all that happens when you try to prevent bad things from happening is you create more bad things. Then, then he wouldn't even act on anything <laughs> no. then. Like, that's the whole that thing. That is like, not... Okay, uh, first of all... Think about uh, <laughs> okay. uh, Winter Soldier... Age of Winter Ultron Soldier. is not good Steve Rogers writing. <laughs> no, it is. Winter no. Soldier, he learns <laughs> the lesson that you cannot prevent... 
you can you can you can react obviously but you can't prevent you can't you know that's minority report right there but it, it, he says except it's different when you're actually freedom. from the future rather than okay, going on but, a prediction but he doesn't know the consequences <laughs> say he does prevent kennedy's assassination he does not know uh, Steve Rogers is humble enough to know he doesn't know what the outcome – he prevents Candy's assassination, and then what happens? World War III, he doesn't know. All he knows is the future that he saw and that that was good enough. Uh, no, I go first. I got to go first before Allie because here's the other thing, very honestly, is if you watch that, here's the issue I have with it. First of all, number one from original canon, we never saw Peggy's husband. There no, is not one picture of Peggy's husband – anywhere right Agent it should have Harder been Susan, but yeah you know. yeah there is no she says she had yeah. a husband <laughs> and that you know but right. there we go the other issue that i have is i think steve would have let everything go because what happens is that when you bring all those 50 percent of the population back you created a worse problem in some ways you created new terrible problems and so Steve should, he had to go and then say, stop, I'm just doing this. I'm just going up to where I walked it back and I'm not going to go any farther. And he stops there. Yeah, I fundamentally. Peggy, and I go back in time and I marry Peggy up until boom. All right. I, okay. I, I want to say a few words here. So first of all. I agree that like the motivations of Steve Rogers are more of a point of debate and and I feel like it's a side issue. Mm -hmm. I do think that it lessens the character for me that he was so stuck on his past that by the mm -hmm. time he had already lived in our time for 10 years that he was like, no, I uh -huh. actually just want to go back. Like he hadn't moved on. Like I feel like it's kind of a problem <laughs> in the first place. I don't think that he would go to a point where he becomes like Pa Kent and Man of Steel of maybe you should just let a school bus full of children die, Clark. <laughs> You know, like, That's... I don't feel that we, you know, I don't feel like that is his character, even as established in the MCU version of him, which I get is different from the comics. I feel like he's a much better person than that. But, mm. but, but here's the thing. The bigger yeah. issue is the timeline thing. The ancient yeah, one yeah. explains it well, but then the whole rest of the movie tries to fight the fact. They say like, oh, if you just put the, like the stones back, everything will be fine. Except it's not. There were other things that were changed. Most notably that Loki got away after the yes. events of the first Avengers. So it say, has to be a branching timeline. It can't be mm -hmm. a single timeline. And now <laughs> they explain that as somehow there's this force that destroys those timelines. But we know at the end of Loki, it is... So here's how my, I explain it. At the end of Loki, that's all broken. All the timelines branch. They intersect yeah, with other timelines. And so I think yeah. retroactively, if we just ignore Bruce's explanation, you know, like that, that nothing actually changes... We yeah. are actually like the events in Avengers Endgame did cause branches, and now Steve is living in a branch with and somehow crossed over at some point. Once he got like you know after she passed away in his timeline, he crossed over, and then he gave the shield to Sam, and then I think it works perfectly well now. But it's only because we're now living in a post Loki version. It didn't make sense. I don't know that they satisfactorily explained that branch timelines end at the end of time and crash together because we are going to find out that in i mean we've already found out from multiverse of madness that incursions happen when two universes collide basically and and that's going to develop as we move towards secret wars so i don't know that those branches are all coming together and that's why we have the void at the end of time um the void 
as they explained it seemed to be that this is basically where they put all of the broken stuff from all of the timelines and then they've slaved Elias to eat everything um so I'm not I'm not sure that your explanation matches what they say <laughs> as of season one no of- I'm talking about I'm talking about the bit at the end where he's in a changed TVA and they're saying, so we're supposed to let all oh. the branches just happen and they do. Yeah. And then it shows the timeline with all the branches coming out and some yes. intersecting each other, you know? Yes. And so it's like, well, yeah, I think so all of those are going to be, all of those are going to be incursions. And so we're going to find, we will find out what are the repercussions of that as phase five continues. And I mean, when we eventually hit secret wars, then we'll really find out what happens mm-hmm. when all of this happened. Um, Nathan is completely correct with the fact that <laughs> putting all of the stones back, there's too many other changes. Um, Hydra thinks Steve is one of them in that new 2012 timeline. How did they get the mind stone back into the scepter? How did they get the space stone back into the Tesseract? How do they get the reality stone back into Jane Foster? P.S. You've just killed her <laughs> since probably that's what gave her cancer. I mean, like there's a whole mess of things that that don't make a hook heck of a lot of sense. I mean, I think you can safely return the soul stone and the power stone without disrupting very much in the time stone. But then those other three, those other three are going to disrupt a lot of stuff. Um and because you they had containers so how do you reestablish those containers <laughs> there's there are problems those timelines have got to be changed in some way yeah. they were branches the tva maybe just went and trimmed those branches and took care of it right but that uh, but that takes another thing so that was a thing that came after the movie yes. that was so so self-contained endgame does yes. not work and is only later explained by another mm-hmm. thing that wasn't even an idea in their minds when they wrote wrote Endgame that, you know, was like created later by different writers. The the writers and directors of Endgame were not concerned with that. I mean, the very fact that they disagreed mm-hmm. on what happened to Steve when he stayed says that they didn't have this figured out. <laughs> right. Because yeah, Feige, it's... who I, I consider to be the ultimate authority, since he's the one in charge of all yes. of us, he says Steve isn't an alternate timeline. Whereas... Yeah, I mean... Whereas the writers argue that no, it's all just one timeline. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there, there's no way that it's it's the same timeline. It's and I can the... give you a time travel reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can give you a time travel reason for for the motivation, uh, because Ryan said that uh, Steve would have been able to think through all of these things. I love Hi. Steve Rogers, but that man is not the man with a plan. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> he, I'm saying. He is the man who jumps into everything. <laughs> there yeah, is no bone in his body that would think, well, if I prevent this other thing, it might cause this other thing to not happen. He does not think that far ahead. I love him dearly, <laughs> yeah. but that is not the man. <laughs> I I agree with you. Steve, Ro- I, I won't argue the mechanics of it. I mean, yes, he could put the stones back to where they go if we had a whole series about that you know that's just writing (laughs) um but i agree with you steve rogers reacts he doesn't he he, yeah and he would if he sees someone crossing the street and there's a bus coming and he would completely save them i have two points to make about this um the first being that once he goes back to be with uh first off it's not that oh he rejected modern society he went back to be with peggy he went back for love he could not he could give up on everything else he could give up on the food but he couldn't give up 
on Peggy. So he went back to be with her. And the one, and we have to remember he did, he he's returned to his original time. So if he saved someone in 1950, someone crossing the street who was going to be hit by the bus, you can make the argument that's what he was always going to do, and that doesn't really factor into changing time. Yes, yes, you can. But as far as no. preventing big stuff, yes. Oh, Th- this is the exact quote. <laughs> this is the exact quote from uh, Steve. When he was talking, Tony had created Ultron to prevent uh, all this from happening. And Steve says, every time someone tries to win a war before it starts, innocent people die. Every time. Right. He's talking about an uncertain future, not a certain one. Yes. But if if you want to talk about if you want to talk about quotes and you're pulling from Age of Ultron in more recent time period, Civil War, Steve says, if I see a situation pointed south, I can't do nothing about it. That's what yeah. Civil War is about. Ever like if you want to play this game, <laughs> you can play it for as long but, as you want. Bless you, Allie. <laughs> See, we're going down a different time, but mm-hmm. there, there's just there's gonna be so many quotes that are slightly different. So you have to figure out what's the consistency. And the consistent characterization is that Steve Rogers cannot walk away from a fight that he when he thinks that Agreed. someone is is in danger. And so Agreed. when you look at that point of view from that character and consider that that more of the uh, episodes that we have, more of the movies that we have, show that as his main characterization, then when he walks away from the consequences of what's happening post-snap, <clears throat> then it then it is very questionable as to why he would go back to a world where he's just gonna sit around and do nothing, where he's just gonna be a husband. It's It's odd no one's not saying he's not doing anything <laughs> well well no because you're arguing that because he doesn't know the consequences of any of his actions in this thing so that means he has to so yes. if you're saying he's afraid of the possible ramifications if he interferes with anything he has well, got to anything, basically just be like things. a house husband you no, know he, he, and, he and just make the home and not do anything no, no, and then and then well, also if you Rogers, are arguing that he is in the 616 mcu timeline one nine 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 if you're arguing that he is in that timeline, you cannot tell me that he went back in time and did not save Bucky. Yes, I can tell you that. Which then would change the entire timeline. So he is in a branch timeline. (laughs) (laughs) No, he did not save Bucky because he knew Bucky didn't need that that he would save that Bucky would be saved. uh, You know, after years of additional trauma and pain and everything, and I don't, I don't see him as Pa Kent, and you're just making him the Snyder Pa Kent. (laughs) Like, no, I'm not. Hey, like, maybe it's better to be low key and not draw attention to yourself, no. and you know, and, and just okay. let bad things happen around you. Okay, Paul Kent. Look, like, here's the thing. Like, know. it's like Ali said, to, uh, uh, Steve does not have the plan. So let's just literally think about this from Steve's perspective for a second. Anytime he changes anything with downstream consequences, he has no idea what it's going to create. If he saved Bucky, branch then- timelines. <laughs> I don't see Bucky. That must mean he doesn't exist in this time. No. (laughs) No. If you don't, he can't. Here's the thing. Yes, you're exactly right. Steve is a jump in front of that bus for the ducklings kind of guy. But he also knows that screwing with stuff never has gone right. Right? They tried to go and get this time stone and then all of a sudden Loki runs away, which I would argue that they don't 
he doesn't know about Loki. But those are the kind of things. I mean, Steve, being a house husband, and we are so off topic. But Steve, being a house husband, <laughs> I do think the Steve thing is a secondary thing to the fact of whether it's a branch timeline. But that's yeah. yeah. But Steve, being a house husband, I can totally see him there. And Peggy, when they say, "How's your husband?" Oh, he's working and is away right now. I'm sorry. I yeah. But actually, yeah, though, I do kind of like the idea now of just Steve with an apron. And every day yeah. when Peggy comes I mean, home, being like, you know, hey, honey, yeah. how was work? I baked this nice pie, you know. I will I will also just throw out, there is a line in The Winter Soldier when he is at the exhibit and he's watching a film clip of Peggy. And she says that uh, her husband, Peggy, say, or Steve saved in, um, oh, I can't remember which battle it is, but he yeah. saved her husband. He liberated. Right? <laughs> so, so that tells me that in the MCU original timeline, Steve was not her husband. That tells you that she was smart enough to cover, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and literally nobody <laughs> that would ever be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever saw him and, like, ever saw her husband and knew anything about him and was then like, holy crap, like, how does he hear now? Because that's her husband. And yeah, I don't know. Well, Do we have to have a whole argument about how the hell did they not know Hydra was inside S.H.I.E.L.D.? And I'm not going that way. Because then I, I, I miss Coulson. I just want to uh, to make sure everyone understands that Nathan gave us permission to have this discussion. <laughs> I, I did. This is all me. I, I, I did. I, I, I felt like this is important. The last 20 minutes are all because of Nathan. Yeah. Yes. All right. No, it's, it's, yeah, I don't think we're going to come to any resolutions here. No, I don't think uh, so either. But I think Allie made the point very well and is, of course, correct. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> she, she's devoted more time to actually, like, you know, rehearsing this and talking about it and whatnot than I have. But I agree with her. I agree with her points. Uh, <laughs> all right, Lee. Uh, what what was the example of a bad uh, ver uh, iteration of time travel that you wanted to talk about? What is, it's actually Interstellar, which will uh, probably upset know. a lot of people mm. because a lot of people are like, "Oh no, that was like wonderful," and this and that and the other. <laughs> you like Matthew McConaughey? Dave Just admit you like Matthew McConaughey, and that's why you like that movie because it doesn't. None of it makes sense absolutely none of it and this idea that he's in this black area and he can push a book from behind i mean it, it is all just such a mishmash of everything that it makes you you watch the movie and if you, you have to watch it more than once to get some of this and to kind of be like because the, on first view it's beautiful it's got matthew mcconaughey it's got a very interesting kind of visual uh you know the cinematography is great all of that but you watch it two or three times and you're like no, 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 this is not good. This is not that great. So there's that. Um, and I, yeah, it's just a mishmash of we wanted to create a time travel movie that didn't, we didn't call a time travel movie. And because we didn't call it a time travel movie, therefore we have jumbled every part of time travel up and made it. So there's that. I also want to talk about, because I think it was Ryan brought up the rewrites and things like that. The worst rewrite to try to uh, pretend was actually original is the Alien versus Predator uh, <laughs> movies. They are absolutely terrible because you cannot, they make absolutely no sense in any way, shape, or form. 
I like the stuff they like introduced that like is like you didn't even do like the smallest bit of research on real world history because they talk about the Mayan civilization 10,000 years ago. And I'm like, there was no Mayan civilization. <laughs> oh, like they inspired the Mayan civilization 10,000 years. I'm like, oh. no, you have to put it much further forward in time if you, you want you, that yeah, to that, be. Yeah, no. And it, it is it's awful because it also just well, if aliens were already on this planet. We're, we were screwed then. So, you know, it's all of that. And yeah. it's just a terrible trying to keep a franchise going and just kind of like Back to the Future 3. It didn't even know the history of its own franchise. Oh, the Predators yeah. only hunt in hot seasons. So let's put it in Antarctica, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. And, and the sad go. thing is the actual original Alien versus Predator story that was a, a graphic novel and then yeah. was novelized. Mm -hmm. That is great. That is fantastic. They had made a movie about that. Everybody would love Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. And instead, they did this weird movie that's called Alien versus Predator that has aliens and predators, but takes nothing from that source material. That was so good. I, I don't understand. Takes it. nothing from the first Alien movie, takes nothing from the first uh, Predators movie. So, yeah. yeah. Right, I will say this about Interstellar. I will not argue it's a good movie. I was bored to tears uh, by that movie, but I do still like, so it's, it's a predestination paradox version of time travel. And it's the idea yeah. that humanity somehow, because they did get through this problem, evolves into like these super multidimensional beings. And if you're multidimensional, you can, you know, affect time because time is one of the dimensions and whatnot. And they somehow put him in a space where he's able to, right. you know, affect time. So conceptually, I think it does work, but yeah, I do not like them. I, I thought it was so boring. Uh, I, it was very long and not a lot happened. And it was just kind of like, okay, I, I get you guys like your effects budget, but. You <laughs> yeah, know. they had a nice budget. So there yeah, you go. Like this, Christopher Nolan can only go so far with, you know, special effects. No, although, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Ryan, um, bad. Do you have a bad example? Yeah. Yeah. I, mine is kind of similar uh, to what we've hit on, on a few of these. It's very high budget, very prestige, very pseudo intellectual. But if you think about it for uh, a little bit, it just turns boring and makes you angry. And that's Arrival uh, with Amy Adams, where, you know, these aliens show up and they teach humanity how to be in all moments at all time to exist you know to know your future and your past and everything all at once and then uh just to be unable to to change anything about it or or to make any choice suddenly you know you you know your husband and daughter are gonna die in a car accident but you're not allowed to turn right instead of left uh anymore uh, you know. this is fascinating because you just argued that that's a good thing for steve rogers and now <laughs> well, you're saying the right thing about, about this movie yes. <laughs> okay because well first off it's not at all that's apples and oranges they're both fruit but it's still two different types of fruit uh yeah it's, it's entirely different but it's just it's it's a concept i don't know if you've seen it you know uh rival if you have i'm sorry uh, um but you spend yeah it, two hours just getting through this tragedy of amy adams um just learning to cope with the loss of her loved one of her child and everything and just because to learn that she knows her child is going to die and can't do anything about it even though she even though it's not a disease even though it's not something uncontrollable and it just it angers me so much because it doesn't make any sense see I feel like you have misinterpreted part of the movie and this is i understand i I don't see this as um, time travel 
in a way. Uh, it's more like the communication, but it's yeah. it's more specifically the fact that those aliens do not experience time linearly. And what they have imparted on her, partly by the fact of her learning their language and being in their space, is that she now also does not experience time linearly. However, to us, the observers who can only experience time linearly, we see that linear experience. And so she can no longer change those events because she is no longer experiencing time linearly. Except she does she whispers to the ambassador something she learns in the future she whispers she tells it to him in the past so she's clearly able to take her knowledge of the future to right, but she was always supposed to have done that it's a predestination yeah. form of time uh, travel and and she she now always has that it's like interstellar experience. in that sense of the fact that once you are multi-dimensional and you see time as you know as all of itself right. like you yeah. have to do all the things along the thing but like why? you know because that's part of like you know that it's it always has been that way it may be that eventually she learns I, I mean like she could learn how to both live in linear and non-linear time but particularly in the events of arrival she has not gotten there in that in that narrative moment she hasn't gotten there and i feel like there's other characters who experience and like i can't name who it is but i feel like i've seen other experience characters who experience time non-linearly but have to exist in this linear experience with everybody else and have figured out how to deal with that i guess any character who has some kind of precognitive ability would fall into this time like destiny from the x-men and and characters yeah, dr like manhattan's that. the one i think That's about from watching dr Men. manhattan thank you dr manhattan is a great example um and he becomes so unstuck in time that he can't really tell the difference between if he is currently he is. with someone or not and so per i i see that is kind of the experience is what is going through in arrival and so i have a very different you know like visual of the of what that movie is and like i have a very different appreciation for it i thought it was really interesting and a really good thing but we're allowed to have different opinions that's fine <laughs> yeah Fair. no i mean like i my issue was like i figured out the MacGuffin like about midway through or whatever so then it was like kind of like watching paint dry but like and watching <laughs> them struggle with it for so long i was like guys guys really you know <laughs> like um you know, but yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a fine. I was okay with the movie and how it ended and everything. It just didn't change my world or anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I no, I think we talked. I mean, God, there's still so many things we could talk yeah. about with this subject. Um, if there's anything <gasps> you, oh, <laughs> Ryan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I just thought of another series which I would honestly better than Primer, better than uh, Twelve Monkeys. Okay, uh, I'm gonna you, let you do a shout out, but we're not gonna like discuss. Yeah. Okay, so like everybody, as you're giving your goodbyes, I will shout it out. Uh, yeah, just just give a shout out. Um, so, uh, so Craven, it has been great having you on the show for your first experience. Uh, we don't usually go quite this long. I'm sorry, if, <laughs> I'm sorry if this is a bit much for you, but uh, definitely glad to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, why don't you say goodbye? And if there's anything you want to plug or anything, you can do that there. If there's any other like time travel thing you want to give a shout out for, but uh, yeah, just say your goodbye and let people know where they can find you. Well, thanks for having me first on. This was a blast, even if it did go long. I, I enjoyed listening in and, you know, giving way feedback in it. And also, 
Um, I just want to give a shout out in the MK11 story to the meeting of Scorpion's past self, past to his future, like the past self, and going through of discussing the revenge uh, that drove him for so long and that he needed to let it go. I'm not going to say what happens after that conversation, but it brought me to tears. You guys do want to check out the story, but not play the game. There are YouTube videos there that just have the story um, in it because NetherRealm does an amazing job with their cutscenes and stories. Actually, very, very nice. Um, you can find me on Twitter, um, Craven the Ripper. Um, also, it'll come up KOS Craven the Ripper, Go Shadow Kingdom, which is the we call our small teams like clans in the MK universe. Um, so, and I'll be at Combo Breaker um, on Memorial Day. So, thanks, you guys. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, Allie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Uh, and if you I have any shout outs. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, uh, I am Allie Martin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Self Winding. You can also find my website, AllieMartin.com. That's A L L I M A R T I N. Uh, I also have a Patreon where I do other writing stuff, and I will tell you the next time I'm teaching my uh, course on writing time travel fiction, uh, that's patreon.com slash Allie Martin. Uh, and I have a shout out for, here's a, a really fantastic, uh, very short time travel thing that you can watch. It's on YouTube. It's called One Minute Time Machine. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of the best time travel examples out there. <laughs> of yeah. the consequences of timelines <laughs> yeah that's a fun one that's a that's a that's a branching timeline one too it right? is yeah. indeed <laughs> <laughs> all right and lee why don't you say goodbye let people know where they can find you and if you have any shout outs i have no shout outs on this but i have a huge list of things i'm gonna either watch or rewatch. so thanks um <laughs> and things that i'm going to stay away from because i agreed with all the nitpicks on them um, my name's Lee. I am the co-host of 50 Days of Dragon Con. We are doing that again this year. Should start sometime around July. Uh, should be 50 days before Dragon Con. So we'll do that. And I will be at Dragon Con um, as a attending professional. So I hope to see people. All right. Very cool. And Ryan, say your goodbyes. Let people know where they can find you. And if you have a shout out, which it sounds like you do have a shout out. I do. I do. I really wish I'd mentioned it before because... Um, it's it's only three seasons on Netflix. Dark, uh, oh, yeah. You you definitely oh, yes. need to check that out. Yeah, exactly. There's so much, so much time travel. <laughs> so, yeah, you know you gotta like subtitles, but um, it's it's well worth it. It's it's a, a very tight uh, time travel story that does that great thing where it, it is, it'll oftentimes have three actors portraying the same character at, at three different ages. And uh, it, it works fantastically. Um, check it out. Uh, it's, it's a small town, big, big epic story. Um, otherwise, uh, I will be my COVID con hiatus is over this year. And currently the plans are to go to Dragon Con, back to Dragon Con. Um, uh, still working on a, getting a hotel room. But other than that, uh, we are all good to go. Um, you can always check me out on 
Facebook because I'm old, so that's my social media of choice. Um, at uh, Ryan Guthrie, uh, you, you can go to geekstranger.com. That is a website that is out there on the internet. Um, that you know, maybe maybe now that my con hiatus is over, maybe my website will hiatus is also over, and I will get new material up. Oh, I, I don't count know. On I it, think I think articles from nineteen or from uh, twenty nineteen are <laughs> yeah, <might as> well. <laughs> <laughs> from twenty nineteen are uh, you know are relevant. Well, you know, I, I like to think that you know maybe maybe I have been writing on that website this whole time, but that's just in a different branch. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, just find me on these fine people's uh, social media. If they say something that's wrong, I'll be sure to tell them. All right. Well, Craven, Lee, Ali, and Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank for having you. us. Bye. Oh, I forgot Looper. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for our time travel episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and you can let us know in a bunch of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at forty two cast dot com. Another way is to go to our website, 42cast.com, and leave us a review or comment on any of the episodes there. You can also go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also tweet to us or talk to us on Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts, the more reviews that we get, the higher we show up on searches. And so if you have the time and you have an Apple account, we would definitely appreciate if you take that time to leave us a review. I also want to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon. That's a way that you can help all the shows on the network. There are a bunch of different tiers that give you different perks, whether for early episodes of some shows, exclusive episodes of some shows, and also some exclusive ESO Network podcasts. You can check those out by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network, and if you have the funds to contribute, we would definitely appreciate it. I have two other podcasts that you might be interested in. Both are on hiatus right now, but they will come back during the summer. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are talking about all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes. We explain everything important, but if you just want to hear us banner, you can do that. Or if you want to buy the episodes and listen along, you'll definitely get more out of it. And if that sounds interesting to you, that's Time Streams. The other one is Legendary Forces. Where Juliet and I again, but joined by Joe, Ashley, and Corey, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. That's the movies, TV shows, comics, novels, anything that happens in the Star Wars universe. And so we talk about it in the context of the evolving universe. So how did we get from that beginning to now? And what were the sort of ideas and storylines that were in those early examples of Star Wars? And does any of that carry over to now? You know, how much of it still counts? What are the things that we can look at and appreciate because they were good stories? So we talk about all of that. So if that's interesting to you, that's Legendary Forces. So I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last episode or not. I know at one point I'd been saying that I might go to Dragon Con this year. Unfortunately, that's now not going to happen. We got hit with some unexpected expenses, so I'm definitely not going to Dragon Con. I am still planning on going to Fan Expo Chicago and Chicago TARDIS. So if you live in the greater Chicago area or for whatever reason are planning on attending those cons, and if you hear me and want to say hi, I definitely appreciate all that kind of stuff. Love getting feedback at cons. So just so you know, I am going to be at those locations. Beth and I just finished up Picard Season 3. I think we're going to end up finishing Titan Season 4 since that has all dropped now as our next thing to watch, and I will just keep you guys posted on what we decide to watch after that. 
There are definitely a few choices that I could go with. So that's a wrap for this week. Join us back next week when we're finally going to do the Odyssey Now uh, interview that I promised several weeks ago. Had a lot of fun talking to those guys, talking to them about resurrecting the very first video game console, about their education program, about the console, about making new content, new games for the console. So definitely check that out next week. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2023. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.